Ah, snap, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. Good morning, good early afternoon, and uh, good evening if you're listening to this at night on the audio side of things. Or, hey, maybe you check this out later on YouTube. All is well. That ends well, because as long as you've checked out Living Split Screen for the week, I think you got plenty of energy boost to not only get your weekend started, but possibly also to start your new week. Look. Again, like I've mentioned, you are here with Living Split Screen, but this is episode 67 of the morning show, and we're here to give you that live, raw, uncut, authentic, passionate gaming conversation with a personal mix added on to it, where we take that RTS view, pulling ourselves out of the world. That's real-time strategy for those who don't know. And if you don't know, even somebody who doesn't play them anymore, shame on you. But with that being said, we pull ourselves out of the world, look at the darker crevices of the map, pull our resources together, and hopefully we can build a foundation, a community of excellent and beautiful people who are of like-minded, um, who are like-minded individuals, excuse me, had a pop-up there, and are, are interested on expanding the industry. Because, uh, again, it's not just about the small community of people we may have on Twitter. It's about the three billion gamers that Bill said the city's trying to reach and that we also want to. So with that said, for those who are tuned in live and audio listeners, again, you guys got to come check us out live if you can, man. I always on a week to week basis got live gameplay of um, anything that I've played throughout the week. Uh, I've been through a couple things this week, actually. Um, to, but today I do have some multi versus gameplay. Um, it is just to kind of preemptively let you guys know because some people get weird. I am playing with some mods. They're just mainly character mods. They're all safe. They don't give me any advantage or anything like that. Um, so you guys get to check that out. I'm playing at Shaggy, who has a mod skin put on uh, to look like Blaziken from Pokemon. Those who are familiar with that. So hopefully you enjoy the gameplay. I'm smashing some people around, beating them up. So definitely enjoy that. But I am one of your hosts, Steel Rain. I, Steel Rain, I, the T is a seven. If you want to look me up, that's wherever you have a search bar at. But before I introduce one of the most uncanny gentlemen I know, I do have to say shout out to the Midweek Mixup Collective. Uh, for just allowing us to continuously be us, man. It's a, such a beautiful thing uh, to see that support continuously come through. So greatly appreciate you guys. But without further ado, and Pong's going to clean up the anything that I missed here, I have to introduce the Uncanny Gentleman, the X-Man who is not Cyclops, my brother from another, the... Look, man, he, there, there is no other best gentleman out in these guys. Nobody else that I hold near dear. My guy, Pong Sao. What's going on, man? How you feeling? Oh, brother from another steel rain. We are back again on a Saturday. You know, let me start here, man. Uh, because it's just an amazing uh, experience, this community and everybody being around all the time that we've got to meet, uh, whether it's through chat, like, you and I, whether it's just through playing games or whatever else, and as we celebrated episode 100 over on Punch, I did. Xbox yeah, congrats Ultimate. on you. Listen, you being one of my now 
good, close, best friends that I just met through this community celebrating with another group of amazing people. Uh, as we were talking about pregame, 3-Bit uh, and Psychonauts are both down in Texas. Yes. Live with Mav and Caitlin. I mean, man, listen, I'm just feeling good this morning. I got to the gym early, but I'm feeling that nice. love this morning. And it's just a, it's special, man. And to see all the beautiful people that show up in our chat, quote you, each and every week, man. Again, I'm just feeling it. I'm an old guy. I get nostalgia. I get all those kind of feels. I get sappy uh, from time to time because uh, I'm getting older. But, man, I, again, there's just no better place to be than right here with you, brother. And I appreciate everything you do behind the scenes. That you, man. And, again, just it's all love, man. You know that, but man, it really does mean something to me to be able to show up here every Saturday morning and know that we're going to have a great group of people to join us. Uh, but more so catch up with you, man, on this gaming industry True. and to talk some shop with you, man, because this nice. is what it's all about. So I just want to start there. Uh, but yeah, man, it's been a great week. Um, man, Again, real life throwing curveballs. Uh, yeah. We are no yeah. longer going to be empty nesters, uh, which is crazy. Uh, the wife's youngest is going to be due to a family emergency with his dad. He's not going back to California. So he is going to be spending at least the school year with us, possibly more. So um, listen, things come very fast, man. Life comes at you very fast. Yep. Uh, and if you don't stop to look around, you might miss something. Right. That's a fact. That is true. For everybody who got that reference, shout out to all of you. Uh, listen, um, so it has been one of those weeks, but uh, I did get some gaming in this week, uh, and it has been a lot of fun. There's been a lot of Saints Row talk lately. Pro's getting ready to launch. Yeah. Uh, so I ain't down. So iffy I ain't, I'm not down with it at all. I'm not liking the characters at all. Uh, this is not drawing me in. I'm sure the open worldness and the action is going to be fine and it's going to be great, but it's really not grabbing me, uh, the story. So what I did this week, Steele, is because, uh, well, gold had, uh, gold had Saints Row 2 again, um, which I already claimed a long time ago. I owned it. So right. It doesn't matter. Uh, I redownloaded that. And so I was playing some Saints Row 2 earlier this week. And man, was that fun. Uh, that brings me back. I mean, again, it's old. Okay. Look, it doesn't doesn't hold up for most people most people look at it be like geez man what is this vice city we're back in this time but story-wise character-wise i was laughing my butt off having a good time and i've been sitting around thinking about getting that saints row third the remaster for a long time but i've held off but they've got another saints row sale going on right now so saints row the third remaster was on sale for 10 bucks so i went ahead and pulled the trigger on the 10 bucks because i had my 10 dollar uh, cert from uh, from uh, Xbox for last month's rewards. So I was like, you know what? Screw it. I'm going to pick up Saints Row the Third Remastered. Oh, okay. You went back. I like you know, it. Okay. The remaster, 4K, I think, or it's upscaled because of my TV, be. whatever it, it be. case, it be. plus 60. Look, it's beautiful, and it's fun. They've got all the original licensing in the soundtrack still in there. So I posted a video right. on Twitter. I stole a jet and I was flying around Steel Town um, and listening to Return of the Mac uh, flying my jet <laughs> like it was 1996 all over again, man. I could not believe how That's much funny. fun I was having in this game. And of course, Saints Row the Third is before a lot of people feel like, you know, Volition, uh, who obviously created, had kind of jumped the shark and kind of went 
too crazy with the alien stuff yeah. and all that kind of stuff. It was kind of wild. Saints Row the Third is kind of like the last pure Saints Row, right? There's some stuff in there. There's some over the top stuff, but overall, it's still a Saints Row uh, game from back in the day. So it's got all the jokes in there. It's got all the craziness, all the wackiness. Right. I absolutely having a blast. Um, and then last night, Steel, I had to try out my new phone for anybody who didn't see yesterday. I got some new tech Ooh. myself this week out of the blue. I've been rocking the Note 8 for about four or five years now. I'm usually the guy who always upgrades when I it's get so answer. It's so fucking funny to me, Paul, that we yeah. had the same both, exact both phone. That yeah. is so funny to me. I know it is. It's, crazy, it's something man. small. It, it ain't no huge I know. thing. I know, but. but it's hilarious. It's hilarious that we're both rocking it for this long oh, as well. So, um, so uh Got the S22 Ultra, and so last night, I, of course, was fooling around with it. I should have gone to bed earlier than I did after I got done with Xbox Ultimate, but I had some dinner, and of course, I, it came yesterday while I was at work, so I okay. haven't even had a chance to really fool around with it. So right. last night, I had to kind of just try it out a little bit, right? And so Give it a little I was for yeah, so here, I tried out xCloud, and uh, listen, listen, let me tell you something. We're going to talk about Game Pass family plan. Okay, we're going to talk about the Call of Duty stuff and what Sony had to say. Xbox's response. All that good stuff. Um, but let me tell you something. For future generations. Now, you and I are still console gamers. You also, obviously. But we're still right. from that hardware generation where we right. own hardware to play our games. Right. The future generations coming up, the kids right now playing on their tablets, playing on their phones, don't even think about, per se, owning a console. Let me tell you something. xCloud on this S22 they're Ultra. Good. They're, they're going to be all right. Yo, man, listen. I well, First of all, if anybody's got the S22 Ultra and you're wondering if the key fits it, Razer Kishi, this is as big as it's going to get. This is like the max. Yeah. You have to be careful getting the S22 Ultra in there. It is at the absolute breaking point of the Kishi, okay? Uh, it's, yeah, it's no but time. I got it. I got it in there. I got it. I was safe. I didn't mess with the chart. I mean, I was very careful. But I got it in there. And so I hit up. First, I did it on my Wi-Fi. Now, I've got good Wi-Fi. Um, I've got uh, an older Nighthawk uh it's Ooh, it's it's okay. a couple years old. Yeah, a router too. Night. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I got a great I, I got a great router. I got a great uh, Wi-Fi system. So I do have you know upper tier type Wi-Fi around here. We've got one. Uh, we've got 750 down. So you know it's it's good. Um, and so I've always had a decent experience. But I I hadn't played XCloud in probably a few years. Um, and I popped it on this S20 Ultra. I actually feel fact that i can pop into app and then get into i i loaded up aliens fire team okay okay elite so i loaded up aliens fire team elite the fact that i can hit that app and be to the start screen in under 90 seconds x cloud and then hit the start button and be right in the launch uh setup for aliens fire team which is obviously the bay uh right. that you get in all in under two minutes steal on x cloud bro that's ridiculous and then to have no lag have no problems jumping into a mission whatsoever yes it doesn't feel the same and that's always going to be a me thing big tv right big, that, like those types of games third 
third person, first person shooters. I'm yeah. just never going to play a mobile. I just want to try it out. But there was zero problems, Steve. Zero problems. I played through almost the entire one level last night of 30 Oh, damn. Zero okay. problems. Zero problems. And then I did a little test because obviously the S22 Ultra is 5G. So I swapped over to 5G. Now I'm downstairs in the basement. It's a half basement. So oh, I've got windows that look out, right. half of it's sub. So, and 5G obviously has, you know, great penetration. Yes. That's the big Much thing, more right? than so, 4G. Much more than 4G. So, but I want to try it out. So I'm down here in the basement and I popped over to 5G. Same exact speed. Damn, Same man. exact. So why I bring all this up, not to just brag about my xCloud experience. <laughs> Your new phone. <laughs> yeah, my new phone and my xCloud experience. But I say all this because the future is potentially at some point going to be all streaming. And I think that that not to say that consoles will ever all go away completely, but I do see a point where the majority of people are just streaming their games. And again, it's unbelievable still from me that has started out with Pong, come all the way to this point in 20 that I can pick up my phone, plug in a Rikishi controller, sit down, and have near a console experience, of course. Not to save again as to a big screen or anything like that. I'm not saying that, but I'm just saying from an accessibility standpoint, it is unbelievable. And like I said, the younger generations who don't care about that stuff, unless they have parents who care about it, but for them and their friends that are just hopping on and playing things on their tablets, their phones, whatever the case, look, man, this is the future. And Xbox is so far ahead. And we're going to talk about that. Right. Um, it's just incredible, man. It's just, an, it was an incredible experience. Eye opening experience for me so uh that's what i've been doing steel um sorry i was a little long-winded there oh, i gave you enough time to get caught all right good uh, how's your week been man i see obviously you've been playing so you've been playing a lot of different things i i know you have been um i mean i don't know if i've been playing um, like a lot of different things but i am definitely into a few different things at the moment. Uh, again, like you guys are seeing, multiverses is kind of is definitely in my rotation currently. Uh, but it's like getting in there, getting in there, throwing hands. Um, the fact that it's just like you were just speaking on, just that ease of access. Uh, again, we're in the age of accessibility, man. The easier you make it for people, just to kind of jump in and out. Um, especially with this game having crossplay and everything. Um, if I'm not mistaken, it, it just makes it so much easier for people. But uh, I've been having a good time rocking that. The other thing too, shout out to Game Pass, man. Like especially Game Pass PC, just Game Pass overall, um, is a negative and there's a positive in it. Um, and maybe it's just Ubisoft, who's really more so the negative, if anything. But um, I ended up jumping into some Ghost Recon Wildlands, and I'm actually having a really good time with it. Um, compared to like what I was getting from Breakpoint. I don't know what it is, but I'm having a lot more fun with this game. Wildlands has always been the better one, man. Absolutely. And and that's what's and, and that's really crazy. I mean, I like the way that Breakpoint intros you into the game, but like Wildlands, I don't know, man. It, it just it just feels really good. And I put 40 hours into Breakpoint and I got less than less than that time in much less than that time. I, I might have 15 20 hours in wildlands right now and i'm like fuck yeah let's go take down the next cartel who's oh who else we fighting who else we shooting it, it just feels so crisp um they are really at a disadvantage they're really you ubisoft is really disadvantaging themselves with not dropping a patch uh for consoles yes 
or at least for the next gen consoles yeah. uh, or current gen consoles with this update, they could have had so many people. This is my problem with it because, you know, companies look at money and they try to see what ways they can bring more people in and get more money flowing in. It would have been so easy to give people an upgrade, a free upgrade to this game. You know how many people would have willingly paid for the expansion? Because I got this game in Game Pass, I signed up for Ubisoft Plus again. I was like, all right, it gives me all the expansions. It gives me all the content for the game. And boom, then Pong. What's funny about this is then Pong shortly after, I want to say a day or two after this game comes out, so it sends me a link says, hey, Assassin's Creed is adding this machine armor into the game. Valhalla. Looks like Iron Man. But, of course, when I renew my subscription, of course they're going to release an Iron Man skin for, uh, for Valhalla, for Eivor. Of course they are. So it's like now Ubisoft has a potential to keep me invested in that ecosystem again. Um, maybe for at least a couple months or maybe when I get done playing Wildlands, I'll jump into some Valhalla and, and I'll finish that up. Who knows? But that tandem of Game Pass giving me something, me playing it, I'm enjoying it, and then willingly, because I, I was, if I wasn't able to get this, uh, my Ubisoft Plus to work with the Game Pass subscription or with, with, with me, because that's the other part of it, because <laughs> like I was telling Paul in the background, welcome to PC gaming where I have to download one client to download another client and then finally download the game. And then not only that, for me to play it through Game Pass, I got to open Xbox, then I got to open Ubisoft to, to play the game. But um, luckily it does end up working out pretty well. Uh, to where I can use uh, that Ubisoft Plus in tandem with my Game Pass subscription to get all the content that I need for it. Um, but because if not, I was going to spend the $30 for the expansion. That's how much I'm liking Wildland so far um, to get all the rest of the content. And it's been a really good time, man. So I do have some, I had to iron out some things for that. Uh, I was, so I'm going to end up recording some gameplay for that. But if anybody's on PC, um, I know one of the biggest things that I keep hearing from people, because I did stream it live for a bit, it's on my channel. One of the biggest things that people were complaining, well, well letting me know of is that the connection issues were still kind of a major thing. Ubisoft dropped the ball on that also, where they didn't really address none of the server problems that apparently existed before. So, but hey, if you got PC, uh, you got PC Game Pass, um, which we'll also talk about <laughs> at some point in the show. Uh, hit me up. Let's jump in. Let's jump in. Let's get some bodies. Um, I haven't taken things more tactical though, so we're not going in guns blaze. Because uh, man, when they when those AI return fire on you, bro, especially on the harder difficulties. Now, I'm not playing on the realistic ver uh, difficulty, but I am playing on the harder difficulty. And when those AI bust back, they they definitely hurt. They're not playing with you. Uh, which is giving me those old memories of how Ghost Recon, you know, kind of should be and how it feels. But uh, then to top it all off, um, I'm also about probably about 10 hours into Near Replicant. Um, I'm having a like I'm having a good time with that. I can definitely because I was talking with my wife a little bit about it because she's played Replicant and has played Automata. Uh, she played uh, uh replicant after automata because of course the update for the game came out after but from everything that i've experienced thus far and from the conversations that i've had with her i'm getting more excited to play uh automata because she keeps selling she keeps telling me like hey i, I like replicant it was a good game 
but Automata is definitely the better game. And, I, you know, I was telling her, well, I mean, it makes sense. The game technically came out later. That is the next iteration of that game uh, of Nier. So it makes sense that it feels tighter, feels better, feels cleaner. There's more things to do, more add-ons, more abilities. Whereas, like, Replicant, you can definitely tell it has that older Eastern flavor to it where there's a lot of, there's a lot of talking. There's a lot of setup. There's a lot of buildup in between fights. Another thing that I noticed with final fantasy seven remake, that's the only thing, the only real negative is that there wasn't more gameplay per se. Of course there could be You go into your second playthrough ever. I'm not doing, that. but uh, that's neither here or there. So that's been a really good time, but yeah, man, that's pretty much been my week. Um, I actually here recently ended up getting my bike sold also. Uh, so I'm kind of stepping away from the bike scene for a little bit yeah. as I'm getting back as I'm getting as I'm getting back into school. But um, there are some depending on, on how things end up working out. Um, I may be looking to upgrade. I may not. Um, I was already planning on getting something a little bit bigger for because my wife is she's she's avid about she really enjoys being on on the, on the bike, man. So um, on the CBR 600 double R, a little smaller for both of us to be on there. Uh, so I wanted to get something that's going to be more comfortable for both of us. And uh, so I'm looking to get his DX14. So we'll see how that ends up going. Um, it's not like immediate, but if something la lands in my lap, I'll look at it, try to take advantage of it. Luckily, living in Florida, the bike scene is pretty major out this way. So hopefully I can get into something for a decent price, not break the bank for it. But there's a, there's a ton of other things that I'm also taking care of. This is definitely an opportunity for me at this stage of my life, man, um, at this stage of my career to really step down, uh, well, not step down, but step to the side a little bit, take care of some of the major things, get everything in order. Again, this is a game and podcast, but you got to throw real life because real life is part of that conversation. Um, but ladies and gentlemen, if anybody needed some motivation, buckle down, see what your, see what your, your hobbies are see what you're passionate about see if you, there's an opportunity out for out there for you to kind of start jumping in that direction and take um no matter how old you are man look step into things that you're passionate about that you care about that you're gonna have some some form of love for some form of care for uh you don't have to be like me and pong uh <laughs> you know being so involved and entrenched in the in the service industry uh that we can be kind of fed up with people sometimes we've we've dealt with it every two every way from sunday I, no there's there's not a situation i can i guarantee you there's not a situation that anybody could bring up that we probably haven't had uh but it's definitely been dope to kind of step back a little bit spend some time with the kids the wife get change some things around uh because the last decade of my life has been uh not to make it all soft and soupy and everything but um with that being said, Pong, man, um, is there was there any other anything else? Was there any other games that you were able to get into this week? Anything else like that? Been business it's, as usual. It, it's been business as usual. Some Saints Row, like I said, that was it. Uh, like I said, trying out uh, X Cloud, and uh, that that's been my week again. I, I just uh, I did try. I did try free to play this week is Rogue Book. Oh, wow, um, okay. from uh, it's a, it's one I've had my eye on. It's like thirty bucks. Nice, um, okay. It came out uh, recently. I can't remember the last few months. Uh, but it's from the original creator of Magic the Gathering. Uh, oh, wow. Okay. Got hands in it. Um, and then from the devs who did Faria, uh, if anybody remembers Faria. So um, interesting uh, RPG uh, with card mechanics. 
Um, so, and it's it, it's a very interesting concept. And obviously, coming from Magic the Gathering, you can imagine that the you know card mechanics are on point. Uh, yeah. Very cool. Um, you're you're kind of trapped in this book, um, and you've got to kind of paint your way out. So they start you out. Uh, it's 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 hexagon tiled. Okay. Um, and so you only get to see so much of the map, and then you get to see some important spots. You have to gather like ink bottles um, to open up other parts okay. of the map, um, and then obviously you're battling in between, and you're you know gathering gold, and you go to the right. top, and it's a roguelike, so you're making runs um, okay. and getting building up your deck and that kind of stuff as well. Um, very interesting. I uh, actually enjoyed it. The uh, graphics, the uh, art style is off the charts. It's it's really well done. The animation is really fun to look at um again so if you're into card battlers roguelites uh try out rogue book it's free to play this weekend i did nice nice okay perfect well um well ladies and gentlemen again thanks thanks for being here and welcome again to episode 67 uh we got a lot of interesting things to talk about i didn't take any notes down here because it has been a little bit of a crazy week for me uh but Again, it's kind of hard not to have nothing to talk about because there are quite a few things. Um, I definitely want to probably start with the whole Game Pass family conversation. Um, that's going to lead into a, a lot of other things, I think, um, if you think that's a good place to start, Paul. Um, Heck yeah, I just, let's go, bro. I just feel like that's a web that we could kind of untangle from there and then see where the conversation kind of takes us, man. So, um, But first, of course, you already know, we got to get into our... Uh, upcoming game segment so you guys could know what's upcoming uh, there is a special game that's just going to be out within the next week um that's actually going to be its first time that we've gotten this game on pc so that's gonna be really cool um i actually went ahead and pre-ordered it so there's that there's me double dipping uh but again it's coming with all the content so i'm not necessarily mad part of the problem steel miles so uh yeah yeah a little bit uh again <laughs> I don't, I don't mind investing in things that I like, and the mod scene is about to be insane on this goddamn game. But at that right, you're about to you're about to know what that game is here shortly. Pong, are you ready to get into these upcoming games? I am, sir. I am. I am. Of course, as I'm not. always, I shout out game dot com forward slash twenty, and of course, that's where we get our information from. Um, and, uh, this week, like Steele said, we've got, uh, we've got some interesting releases, a couple that I've been looking forward to, um, as well, um, or at least one that I was really looking forward to. Oh, we can't hear Pong. I don't know what ended up happening. I'm not muted there anywhere on my side. Uh, there it goes. Good. Okay. All right. Pong is How muted, long? but not Steele. God damn it. See, I told you, I told you at the beginning of the show, pregame, when sick, and Jacob shouted it out. Listen, Steele's trying to take over this whole thing, man. This is what he's trying to do. He said, "He said you need to. They say you need to get closer to the mic, Pong. All right, it's a coup. It's it, a coup. It, 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 it is a coup. It is a coup. If you don't mind, coup let's uh, let's let's start from the top again. Oh, we're gonna we're gonna start over. Okay, yeah, let's start at two point because they didn't hear any of that. Ah, wow. They didn't God. hear any of that. Dang. Um, no, right, what what ended up happening again? Audio listeners and people that are live. That's uh, that's definitely on me. Uh, so that changed some things over from my processor and everything too. Um, it also messed some things when it updated and everything. Yes. So um, the scene when I changed the scene, it didn't carry over your mic settings. So, oh, whatever. So messed up. See again, people. It's a coup attempt. 
this is what he's trying to do. It's going to be the steel <laughs> show pretty soon. All right, let's go. All right, so let's start over again. So week of the August 8th. Uh, so let's start with Two Point Campus. There we go. Yet again, Two Point Campus, uh, which is coming to Xbox. Two Point Hospital was huge success, okay? It was a huge success. It got. Uh, it's published by Sega. This is one of the games that they shouted out when they started putting games in the Game Pass, along with the Yakuza series. Two Point Hospital was a huge success for them. And so Two Point Campus is also coming to Game Pass. It's also coming to PlayStation 5, Xbox Series consoles, PlayStation 4, Xbox One, Switch, and PC. But Two Point, you can laugh all you want, but they're fun little games. And a lot of people love them. So Two Point Campus is going to be a big launch this week for a lot of people that have been waiting on it. So that's August the 9th. And then we've got Lost in Play coming to Switch and PC. Again, this was developed by Happy Juice Games uh, and published by Joystick Ventures. Uh, This is an adventure game they describe as be the star of your own cartoon adventure in Lost in Play. Uh, And that is coming out August the 10th. Uh, Looks like really uh, fun animation style there as well. So go check out Lost in Play. And then the one I was just talking about before you guys couldn't hear me. Uh, Cult of the Lamb, again, published by Devolver Digital. So you have a 95% chance of being assured that this game is going to be good. They have been promoting the hell out of this game for a while. It is unique. It looks fun. I cannot wait. This is the one that I'm kind of wavering back and forth of whether or not I'm actually going to pick it up day one. Uh, Massive Monster is the developer. Again, August 11th, PlayStation 5, Xbox Series consoles, PlayStation 4, Switch, and PC. Cult of the Lamb. Go check that out. Um, And then, coming to PlayStation 5, Xbox Series, PlayStation 4, Xbox One, PC, is Rumbleverse. That's right. Rumbleverse is coming to everything. Uh, Developed by Steel, Iron Galaxy. Actually, yeah. Published by Epic Games. Listen, don't don't sleep. Don't sleep on this, folks. This one to 40 players, uh, you know, obviously it is a brawling battle royale uh, that we did see some uh, video of. I think it was, what show was it? I did get this as a show and I can't remember what show it was. Um, But looks interesting. Again, melee-based battle royale, which again, Naraka that Steel and I have been promoting that just actually got the update uh, and they now have the campaign mode, PVE mode in there as well, caught a lot of people off guard. And with Iron Galaxy Studios behind it uh, and Epic publishing it, don't discount Rumbleverse. Uh, So again, that is coming on the 11th. Um, And then we've got what Steel was talking about in the beginning. The game that he's going to double dip on because of the modding community. Marvel's Spider-Man is coming to PC finally, August the 12th. Yep, that's right, folks. Another PlayStation exclusive coming to PC. People have been waiting on this for a very long time. Uh, it is finally happening. It is finally here. So I know a lot of people are going to be jumping into it. I can't wait to see what the mods do with this. It's going to be insane. I don't think I need to tell you who developed it, but it's Insomniac, of course, uh, published by Sony. Coming to PC, August the 12th. So that is this week, upcoming week, Ooh, gaming. Yeah, okay, everybody. nice. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. 
Okay, the Cult well, of the Lamb, Spider-Man, and again, Two Point Campus being huge and Rumbleverse. Nobody's talking about it yet until people start streaming it. Uh, and that's when we'll see. But uh, again, so an interesting week for sure. But Spider-Man obviously coming to people highlight. Yeah, I mean, the in the visual fidelity, uh, the frame rate, the the one thing that I do want to end up seeing, and the other reason that I'm really excited about it is because I, I want to see the modders really bring the city. And that is one of the biggest things that I feel like we missed out. And I feel like it was also in the original promise that they made to us uh, when the game was coming out. Was the city is going to feel more alive than it ever has. And it's kind of, it had a lot of feelings like older Spider-Man games where it's just like, hey, Spider-Man, I need help. And you go out and help. And then a couple minutes later, hey, Spider-Man, it be kind of it's kind of got to the same thing over and over again um it was very reminiscent of all the spider-man games but um back from dead there probably is going to be a mod for master chief with the grappling hook and spider-man probably and you know who's gonna be who's gonna have it gonna be me i'm gonna have the master chief i'm gonna be master chief man and still put master chief in final (laughs) fantasy of course he's gonna put master chief i'm I'm gonna put i gotta put him in everything and he's gonna be doing all the flips, and every, uh, it's gonna be crazy. It's gonna be wild. It's his new suit. You guys didn't know it yet. Uh, Peter Parker is John One One Seven. You guys didn't know. Um, <laughs> but no, um, I'm really excited to see if they're gonna bring the city to life. More people, better AI. There's things that they could change in here um, that that get me really ramped up and excited, man. So I'm, and I already got a pre order. I'm excited for that to come out. Hopefully, I can get through either Wildland. I probably I may not be able to get through Wildlands quite an experience but i'll probably end up getting through replicant you'll be right back you introduced the uh, game no you're good you're good all right so ladies and gentlemen it is time for us to get into the show and talk about some things that are definitely interesting this week um so two different aspects of this uh so we got some details about the uh xbox game pass family plan uh jess corden from windows central shout out to jess corden uh, puts out wonderful articles. He's one of those guys who has a, his nose to the ground as far as the gaming industry. Um, he's one of those, I, I at least believe, has that kind of old mantra of really putting your your name behind your work, right? We don't, and we don't get that much. So, uh, but he put out some details um, going uh, about the family plan because it is being rolled out to areas i gotta get into a little bit um, about where that is taking place at but um to add on top of that michael patner um and he's another one of those guys he tries to do kind of some estimates and some let's say some educated guesses about where the industry could be possibly go um and just in different different aspects but he came out and said that um, michael patner came out and said that microsoft has the potential uh, to reach 100 million Game Pass subs if the Activision Blizzard acquisition grew. Now, this conversation rolls a few different things because we also got some information this week that Sony is, and again, I don't, th- people were running with this and making it seem a little bit more dramatic than what it actually was, but I guess it just depends. It depends how you want to take it because it was funny. But Sony seemingly came out because they did some uh, 
had some conversations down in Brazil. Uh, they were talking about uh, the deal with Microsoft and everything, Activision Blizzard, everything. And they essentially came out and said that there isn't any other IPs or devs that they personally have that they feel that could compete on the same level that Call of Duty. And we can get into a couple of different aspects of how that may be slightly downplaying devs, downplaying their own studios, downplaying talent. Uh, we can talk about that here in a little bit, um, but we really want to focus mainly on this game, Family Plan. Now, um, Pong, do you remember where this game, where the Family Plan is being rolled out to first? Yeah, it is uh, Columbia and Ireland. Columbia and Ireland. So and I know there's some weird questions about that too. Oh, why is this side not there? It could be starting in the States or whatever. But n- neither here or there. It's actually coming. This isn't like, oh, it might be coming at, oh, three years from now. No, it's, this is literally right around the corner. Um, and they're testing it out in certain territories. So give you a little bit of information about the Xbox Game Pass family plan. And Pong, please correct me if I'm wrong or fill in some details uh, whether you fit. But essentially, now, this is one of the details that hasn't been hammered out yet, uh, but right now it's being assumed that you'll be able to have a total of five people as part of this family plan. Now, I think it's going to end up being four, but if they do five, fantastic. I think it's going to be one, it's going to be you and three other people. I think that's what they meant, but so far it's coming across like five. Um, from it's, It says you and four, other pe- four, four additional people. That's, that's what it said. So yeah, you can invite that. four people to join your subscription. Okay, so we're going to so. roll that, that it's going to be five. So uh, the numbers, when Pong first hit me up about this in the background, knowing this conversation has kind of been going on, um, I had already, I, I was already lighting it up. Uh, I was like, damn, man, five, five people as part of a family plan. I was breaking the numbers down already because they had come out with the numbers and because they did the conversion for it and everything. I believe the conversion... Um, is like for a month of Game Pass Ultimate, I mean, it equals out to about a half a month of whatever this, of this family plan, or about 18 days. I should... 18 so days. We, were, we was crunching the numbers a little bit. I was like, damn, man, well, that equals out to be about, before this, before anybody even said it, before Jazz Corden or anybody else, I was like, damn, that's, that's, that leaves it up to be about right around somewhere about 25 to 30 bucks a month. I was like, damn, at 25 to 30 bucks a month, that's, that is a freaking steal. So you're talking about ten more dollars in Game Pass Ultimate, fifteen more bucks, maybe double if it ends up being thirty. But you're getting five people as part of this plan, which ends up being about five dollars a person. Now, of course, keep in mind there's going to be one person that's going to pay for this service overall, of course. So you're gonna have to you got to figure out how everybody's gonna make sure that you're making sure the monies are where they need to be. So you got your cash numbers. apps and uh, Venmo's ready. <laughs> but cash apps and Venmo's. in the year 2022, oh. that's more prevalent than ever. So guys, figure that out. But there's a couple of different aspects that I wanted to take this because this brings up some good uh, conversation. I know you guys were talking about the licenses and everything last night, but I want to kind of take that to a different direction because um, I'm actually surprised nobody really talked about this. But with five people, five bucks a month, we're estimating that that could end up being, that is going to set the world ablaze. If you guys don't know, there was this kind of mantra going around not that long ago about how we share games, right? Currently, we have uh, we have game sharing or 
home sharing, as we call it, uh, where I can set, let's say me and Pong, I can set, Pong can set his home Xbox. Well, I can sign into Pong's uh, Xbox, set that Xbox as my home Xbox, vice versa. I do the same thing on my Xbox. We have access to, if Pong buys games or if I buy games, we have access to each other's games no matter what. What I think this is doing, and I'm going to go ahead and just start with this, get it go, going early, is that licensing, licensing is going to be a big thing because part of the reason they're doing this is that each individual, each extra person that you sign up is going to have a license to play whatever games are signed up uh, that are within that family plan. Now, my question, my question is, A, well, a couple questions. Um, to start off with, if it's going to work that way, is it going to be everybody within that family plan is going to have access to each other's games? So no matter who buys the games, as long as you're part of this family plan, are you going to have access to each other's games? That's one. Two, the reason I bring that up is because currently in the situation I just brought up with, uh, with us game sharing and everything. I don't imagine that each individual person is going to go in and be able to game share with each other because then you're allowing five people to go and grab five other people, <laughs> which is not what the, I assume that they're uh, going for. So the reason I bring this up is that I think this is a way for them to eliminate the the thing that everybody says was on people were trying to run with and saying, Oh, that's not the way you're supposed to be doing it. You're taking advantage of the system. You're not supposed to be doing it that way. You guys are paying half, half for games. And that's not the way that it was intended. But Xbox has also blatantly came out and said, no, it's fine. We, you guys can use it that way. It's perfect. We don't have a problem with that. The same thing that they do with when we travel to like the Netherlands, for example, I didn't get a an immediate ticket to the Netherlands to travel there overnight. No, but I changed my time zone. I was able to get early access to the game because of that. Xbox has also come out and said, hey, we don't, yeah, we don't really care about that. It's what it is. Like, whatever. People are playing the games. It's not that big. It's not hurting them. So I think that's the same kind of perspective that they, that, that they were looking at this, but they were also looking at a way to kind of capitalize off. And I think this family share is a way for them to capitalize off to set it up to where like where you see kind of like with netflix now netflix is now there's no longer you sharing your password or your account information with somebody else and them just having access to the content no netflix is going to charge you per device it's going to make you do it like disney plus or these other services do where you got to get a qr code you got to go through your see who all's on your account like how it used to be with Netflix. Oh, if you only have service, if there's if there's so many people having access to your account, it's gonna boot you off. It's gonna say, oh, we can't can't sign in. And I think that that's what they're going for. I make again my main question is though, you're more than free to you know kind of jump in here at this point. Is is the family plan going to allow everybody within that family plan to have access to each other's games? The reason I bring that up, though, because if it does end up working that way, because this is what I was thinking about, is that would be an ingenious idea. Why? Because what that is going to do is make people feel like they're getting things for free. Oh, if Billy 
it, Billy, Bob, and Steve got these other games. Oh man, I got instant access to those games now. Now, when I go into these games, I'm going to be more willing to spend money within these games, microtransactions, to enhance my experience because I didn't necessarily have to pay anything up front because I had other people who invested that invested into it we're part of this family sharing plan and it all works hand in hand with each other everybody has licenses so we're all good to go it's all tied to our accounts we're good now that could just be hopeful hopeful thinking for me and we still may have our home sharing thing to where well how it ends up working is that the owners of the family sharing plans can home share with each other so let's say me and pong we both have family sharing plans but we still home share with each other Right, his home back, his Xbox is my home Xbox. My home back Xbox is his home Xbox. So we get we can kind of touch in with each other there, but our family stuff is completely separate. But we still got that deal there. What do you think about that? About some of the points that I brought up there, um, and then also like how do you feel about this whole family sharing thing now that it's actually becoming something? It's not something that oh it's it's, it's down the road. No, it's it's right around the corner, literally. And then, what do you feel about the pricing structure, man? Do you do you kind of agree with me? I see you shaking your head on some of those points. Um, what is what's some of the pushback there, man? Nah, uh, I I look, Steel. It, it if they push this through, okay, and it actually shows up at twenty five dollars, even at, let's say they raise it to thirty. Let's say they go through this testing phase with Colombia and Ireland. They they figure things out, and they're like, look, we got to get thirty out of. Uh, for you know for everybody that's still six dollars per person they're right. already giving you an extreme value and it's not just and it's ultimate pass. it's ultimate it's ultimate brother so that means that if you have family members on pc they can take advantage Perfect. right they're good so there's no way they're gonna allow you to share games like they Yo, I'm, I'm just that would be fucking ah, insanity ah. It would be insane if they did that. And I don't think so because this is already such a look, look, we tout Game Pass as the greatest value in gaming already. Now they're just taking it to a whole nother level with this, right? And Windows Central actually pointed this out that as of this moment, if they keep the loophole open for you know that 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 sharing, right? Where you can do the home console thing and you can have a game share buddy, if they keep that loophole open. It is that means you could actually technically have six people on this plan. Yes, right. Six technically, yeah. Technically, because you do share. Because that's the right. other thing about home sharing. Yeah, you share the subscription. Right. So, could I be a way to get around it, though. Could be a way to get. Yeah, around. yeah, yeah. It could be, but again, somebody will figure this out if they're going to close this loophole completely or not. We'll see. I just think that what they're trying to do here is create such an extreme value that they're going to push their subscription number up and up and up. Now, they're going to take a hit. There is no doubt. They're going to take a hit. They're going to lose some of those subscriptions because people are going to start partnering up, friends and family. Again, they call it the family plan, but but let's be real here. If they're going to allow everybody within one country to do this as long as that's the that's the stipulation as of right now you just have to be within the same country to do this this is going to be the friends and family plan so they're going to take that hit up front for some people 
who were not, you know, who were already subscribed to a single, you know, Game Pass or Game Pass Ultimate subscription now move over to this family plan. It's going to cost them some money. But at the end of the day, what this is going to do is the influence it's going to have overall with somebody saying, hey, thinking about getting an Xbox? Oh, you're thinking about getting a PlayStation? Oh, let me tell you something. Look, I've got room underneath my family plan to bring you into Game Pass Ultimate. So if you go pick up that Xbox versus a PlayStation, look, five bucks a month, you can have access to Game Pass all you want, Ultimate. Oh, you got a PC too? Oh, guess what? You get to go ahead and use it on your PC as well. Come join my plan. So this is going to broaden the influence of Game Pass to another degree. And I think that's what Xbox's ultimate goal is. Because what they're going to be able to do, even though they're going to lose some money up front, which again, for Microsoft is no big deal. They're one of the few countries out there. They're one of the few companies out there that can take these hits on a brand new type of service. They already did with Game Pass when they initially started it. Now, I'm not in the group of people who still claim that Game Pass is unsustainable and that Microsoft is losing all this money because of Game Pass. I'm not in that group. I think personally that they're making money. Now, is it big money yet? No, it's probably not big money because of the heavy investments. But what this is going to do is going to push their Game Pass subscriber base because they're going to count each one of your friends and family that are underneath you as a part of the subscription model. So we know they're roughly 25, 30 million, somewhere in that neighborhood, uh, whatever the case may be at this point. They are going to see this grow as Game Pass becomes more popular, as Xbox's momentum carrying into the future. Again, they've been doing all this with minimal first-party titles. Next year, if all things go according to plan, know how plans are right now. Things haven't been going according to plan. But let's say next year does go according to plan. And they're dropping first party, huge home run hitters into that Game Pass service day and date. Guess what? That momentum is going to continue to grow. Then you throw in a deal like Activision Blizzard acquisition. I'm not even adding that in here. I don't know how the marketing deals are structured. Do know potentially that Sony has the next two Call of Duties. Okay, if that's a fact. And let's say Microsoft doesn't break the contract, doesn't pay whatever penalties are necessary. Let's say that the the marketing deals, as we know them, contain stipulations that they cannot put Call of Duty into. Right? Let's just say that. The minute that Call of Duty can come into Game Pass, and then on top of it, you have this family and friends Game Pass Ultimate subscription involved, now, all those people that resisted switching over from Call of Duty on PlayStation now are going to be that much easier to switch over because a group of friends who play Call of Duty every single year together, that's their deal. They're going to get together and say, listen, we can all join this Xbox Ultimate family plan and we can go ahead and get Call of Duty Mm-hmm. Every year, or every two years, whatever Microsoft decides to do with it, for five bucks a month, plus we have access to another 400 games, plus, oh, by the way, some of us want to play Starfield, some of us want to play Redfall, some of us want to play Avowed, some of us want to play Hellblade 2. We get access to all these games, but we know every year we're going to get Call of Duty, and all we got to do is all go out and get Xbox Series X's or S's, or 
if we're playing on PC already, it's going to be there. Look, it's going to drive Game Pass numbers through the roof because what was already the best value in gaming just went up about three notches. But you just brought up something, Pong. So you brought up the deal and uh, Sony possibly having the next two Call of Duties from the marketing right. Yeah. Now, you also brought up the point that, hey, uh, you know, if there's not a clause in that, and I can, always, I can tell you right now, there's no way that there's any kind of clause that there's for that game to be for Call of Duty's not to go into subscription service. And I think that's part of the reason why Microsoft is trying to make an additional push for this year to see about getting this deal done. Because once this deal goes through and they slap that bad boy in the game pass, yeah, it doesn't yeah. nothing else matters. Sure, you can you can have whatever you want. You can have the marketing rights. You can have you can do whatever you like. If that's the case, deal, then this that's gonna be even pass. bigger. Yeah, then then you're talking about explosion. Then you're talking about legitimately like Michael Pactor said. And again, Michael Pactor, I've known Michael Pactor from a from a standpoint of listening to him. For longer than I can even think about, like he's been in this game for a long time. Now he said outrageous things. He said a hundred like million, two, like two generations ago. He said we weren't going to see consoles anymore. Okay, oh, look, he was wrong on that. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, but he has thrown out, and he does that from time to time. But for anybody who doesn't know, and a steal, I think you were talking about when I was gone. Michael Pactor came out and said that if this Activision Blizzard deal goes through, and now he is on board that it is going to go through, that they could reach a hundred million. Game Pass subs by the end of this generation. Okay. Oh, I think it's going to happen before that. That that would be, bro. That's astronomical when you I, start thinking. I think it's going to happen before. Okay, look with this Game Pass family and friends plan. I think you could if you're dropping Call of Duty in there. Absolutely, uh, dropping Diablo Four in there. Absolutely, yeah, if was- you're doing that kind of stuff along with again what they've done is built a twenty-five to thirty million base with very minimal first-party titles. If they all start hitting on their cylinders, if all the cylinders are firing and Xbox is rolling and you add Activision Blizzard content, whole conversation, and then you throw in something like, oh, by the way, we're also going to have some kind of mobile game pass as well for our Call of Duty mobile, for Candy Crush, for all this stuff that they're acquiring. Oh, by the way, we're going to do that as well. That's going to be a part of Game Pass Ultimate because it's only going to be an extra three bucks a month or whatever the heck they charge for mobile. Listen, that hundred million doesn't become so outrageous. Now, do I? I give it a fifty-fifty shot at this point that they hit a hundred million, but I certainly believe they can hit between fifty and seventy-five million for sure by the end of this generation. But if all things go according to plan, and they do have exactly what we think that they have in this plan and in content, then a hundred million is certainly within the realm of possibilities. And then once you hit that hundred million marks, even counting all the discounts, even counting all the family plans, even counting all the people who stacked up for, you know, that dollar deal that they brought around time and time. Even if you count all that, if you hit a hundred million, you're still talking about, probably a billion dollars a month in revenue just from game pass. And that's not including all the microtransactions. That's not including everything else that comes along with having access through game pass ultimate or game pass to all these games. Like you, to your point steel, 
even if you can't game share, like, you know, you can now, even if you don't get the licensing rights to everybody's games, share them all within this family pass, it doesn't matter. Having access to 300, 400 plus games for $5 a month is already going to entice people to invest more money into your ecosystem microtransactions through buying games that people never thought they'd play get a bunch of casual that join these family and friend plans who only maybe play call of duty and mad nonstop every year that big giant base that we know is out there in nba 2k etc and all of a sudden they're going to see all these games constantly popping up in their face that they have access to for no additional cost and they, they're going to start grazing a little bit steve no, 100%. They're why start do you... trying new things that they never thought they would, but it's there. Why do you think people don't I'm... do that? People don't right. invest in random games and stuff like that right. and only stick to Call of Duties and their sports games right. because right. games cost $60, $70. I'm not right. spending this money on games that I don't care. I don't, I'm, not a, I'm, I'm not a gamer until you find out. Right. Ooh. Might be. <laughs> might be. You might be, right? So... Once they start hitting these marks, even let's say they don't hit 100 million, let's say they get to 50 to 75, you're still going to be talking about somewhere in the neighborhood of 500 and three quarters of a billion dollars per month in revenue just off of that's not everything play because you have all these people now in your ecosystem accessing games that they never thought they were going to access. This is a huge play steal. This is why we hear the concerns from Sony. This is why, again, I'm not going to call it fear because Sony will survive no matter what. Worst case scenario, Sony with their exclusives becomes Nintendo-like. Okay, Now, there's going to be some differences there, but that's worst case scenario. They cover out their little pond. They continue to be Sony. They continue to be PlayStation. They just do it different. Yeah. But, but... That is worst case scenario. Sony's going to be fine, but that's why I call it concern. That's why Sony's concerned about Microsoft having control of a franchise as big as Call of Duty. But let me also point this out. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll say it. I'll say it because we're going to talk about that a little bit. Huh? But as far as the Xbox Game Pass family plan, they just took what is already the best deal in gaming, made it that much easier for people to jump into the Again, the influence that this will have when your friends and family start talking about this ultimate plan. They're like, yeah, I got one more spot. You want to hop in? You want to go get that Xbox? Hop in. I'll get you in. Five bucks a month, six bucks a month. You Venmo me that. We're good. That influence on the masses is going to be gigantic. And if they can get that Xbox Series S down to the magic price of one ninety nine, steel, bro, I, I just y'all are so hopeful brother, for that. Like, I, I just it's coming. I, I, I don't, I don't know, bro. If that, if that bro. console literally gets to two hundred dollars, that's that's going to be the definition of insanity. You, in Japan, you can't compete right now, with that. In Japan, right now, people are picking up for two thirty. Yes, it's coming, man. Can't it's compete. coming. You can't compete. You can't no. compete. And then Microsoft knows that. That's why they created the S in the first that place. So because they know they're going to be able to hit that 199 point. That's the magic number that has been proven time and time again to be that tipping point in a console generation. 199 for the Series S, plus you get to join your buddy's Xbox Ultimate for five bucks a month. Oh, it's a wrap. It's 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 over. It's over. 
that is a that is a throwaway sale. That is that is just the that is the that becomes the epitome of the that just purchase that you walk into a store, you see a Series S on the shelf. You're not a part of the Xbox, but you know you're not a part of the Xbox community yet. You may have a PlayStation 5 at home. You may have a 30 Ti PC at home sitting there. But you see that Series S at $199, and you know your buddy can fit you into his Xbox Ultimate Family and Friends plan for five bucks a month. That's the ultimate sale right uh, there. And that's, real quick, Dix, uh, I just want to address this point because I do see this conversation constantly come. Um, he says, uh, Nick says, interesting to see what MS can do to the Series S to help game develop. Nick, I want to tell you. You know what the Xbox One doesn't have that the series console does have? An 8x16 core processor. You know what else is the biggest determining factor? We still haven't seen the true use of Velocity Architect. What is that? Oh, we heard, we heard about how it's supposed to work. We haven't got any real current-gen games to test that out yet, right? And as we move further into the generation, you know, typically things actually get a lot better over time too, right? And again, no, I'm not downplaying, I'm not trying to downplay you, whatever the case may be, um, but there is this conversation to where people really try to downplay the Series S like it's, it's only by, oh, you can't count it. It's not part of the Series X. Oh, they can't play the same. And it's like, This consoles, these consoles, the Series S included, going to get more support than even the One S was ever able to get. Guarantee you. I guarantee you that fact. There is nothing. Don't let nobody fool you into thinking that the Series S is not worth it. If you have an Xbox One, a PlayStation 4, go get a Series S. It will be up to the developers, and that's why that's why I agree, Nix. Is is going to be up to the developers to use what is in these boxes. And when I say use it, I mean everything in its totality, not just oh because we're coming over from one generation to the next generation like we usually do. You see those jumps and those improvements and the differences. No. They literally can take it directly from where they're building it on PC. Because these games are not being built on consoles, ladies and gentlemen. They have dev kits for sure. But what are those dev kits based off of? PCs, computers, actual hardware. You now have the ability. This is why Pong and Mav get on their tangents about RTS games now. Especially now. You have the capability to directly pull your build from the PC onto your dev kit that also has or has a 8x16 bit processor in it now that you did not have before because they were making specific console processors. Just the same way your phone has a specific phone processor. It doesn't have a computer processor in here. It has like laptop quality processor, but even it's, it's even better. It's even more refined than that, specifically for the phone. Consoles had the same thing. That is no longer the case. 
They're getting the same thing that computers are getting, that PCs are getting, that that market is getting. That means more access to hardware. That means instant access to if PC upgrades. We have SSDs now, ladies and gentlemen. Yes, Xbox has refined it down to where it's just a memory card. Shout out to the PS2. I, I wonder where that's familiar. Sure, they did that, and that's going to be the one of the main proponents that Xbox is probably going to make a bulk of their money because it's convenience. That's a convenience fact. That's all that is. And, Whereas, Nick, and Nick's was Nick's so was referring to uh, Steel. Nick's was referring to not to jump in here, but Nick's was yeah. referring to the article this week that Microsoft just freed up, uh, you know, hundreds of megabytes of memory. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, with a revision for the Series S uh, dev tools, so they freed up some more room for. Hey. Exactly. Exactly. So it, it rolls in what I, exactly what I was saying. And again, I wasn't not wasn't trying to jump down to Nick's throat, but I just seen that conversation ramping back up this week um, because the Series S has been doing well again. I mean, and it's been selling, and people have been throwing that back in the conversation. And the instant yeah. rebuttal was like, "Oh, that's not that's not that's a pointless console. That's a pointless system." It's like, what? Like are like we are we serious? And, and like Nick says, he had a Series S, but it needed more power. I feel you. you're an enthusiast, Nick. But you're yeah, you, you, you are an enthusiast, hundred percent, right. exactly. Right. You needed more power. The typical yeah. gamer doesn't know the damn difference. Kids, kids don't care. Kid, bro, <laughs> bro. You play Fortnite. Kids don't care, bro. My yeah. kid, my oldest plays Roblox. Right, right, right. I got right. her because she's in. She's super into anime right now. And I'm, the point where i gotta kind of i gotta i gotta filter i gotta make sure hey you can you can watch these hey right but she's gotten the demon slayer you're not, you're not having her watch watch berserk at all no i'm not having her watch like <laughs> ghost in the shell no i'm not right. no right. no no um it's real re refined <laughs> but she's watching demon slayer right uh well she had watched demon slayer. she has this obsession with demon slayer. uh one of the one of the great animes right now of of, of the new age but she got the game um, game that came out, Demon, Demon Slayer, Hero Kami uh, Chronicles. I'll be saying that wrong, but um, that game, damn, it looks like the anime, but like a game. It looks, it looks really good. And I, you know, I was asking because they have that, they have something similar to it on Roblox. Like they have another, oh, it's like a Demon Slayer kind of thing. And I was having a conversation with her. She's really loving it. She's enjoying it and having a good time. But she'll instantly swap right back to Roblox. And why? Because they have variety. They have their own, like you can build games within games. You can build random customized, they have fully customized characters. And like, I get the obsession. But then that also shows you why there's other people who are trying to do that similar thing. Why Halo is doing that same thing. Because it works. It really does. Like, especially on them. And that's who matters. It, it it works full full on customization being able to do everything uh but yeah just to tie back in what we were talking about with the series s and uh family plan and everything i just yeah. slight uh, got into a slight tangent there but it's just I, I hate when i see people downplay hardware and don't say that they understand things but try to make it seem like people are wasting their money. i i just right. don't, i don't care yeah no no not at all not at all steel but uh, again it, it it again just to wrap up game pass family and friends plan is the next level for xbox it is going to push their subscription service yes they will lose money up front 
Yes, it will bring down the average that they make off of Game Pass for sure. Of course it will. People are going to take advantage of this. Um, But at the same time, their numbers are going to go through the roof. The spending on other, the potential spending on other parts of the ecosystem, whether it's microtransactions or games that people never thought they would ever play and wind up loving and buy. That's what the Microsoft is looking at down the road. When you start talking about 50, 75, a hundred million subscribers in your ecosystem, you will make up whatever loss that you take up front 10 times over a hundred times over at the end of the day. And again, what that means for their system as well is that publishers like Square Enix can no longer ignore what is happening over on Xbox. The more people that you say that you have in your service are more potential customers for whatever publisher is out there, and they know this. And so they are going to be less likely to skip over Xbox. We've already seen some publishers transition. Bandai Namco is skipping Xbox less and less. Sega, obviously a great partner of of Xbox always. But now what do we see? Atlas finally coming into Xbox. Why? Because they can't ignore what's happening over on this side anymore. And so, again, this Game Pass family plan, whatever losses you think Microsoft is going to take up front, trust me, Microsoft has... Guys making guys and gals making seven figures that analyze this stuff. They know in the long run for where they want to be with their ecosystem. They know this is an investment overall into where they're going. And again, if they get that Series S to that 199 magic point, it's over. There is no reason that people is going to be an impulse buy instantaneously when you walk into the store, just like when you see big screen TVs for $2.99. Yeah, that might be garbage, but for the average consumer who doesn't care, they walk in and see a 55-inch TV for $2.99, and they just, they've just they been talking with their wife and their family about that's the, upgrading. That's the, majority, that's the majority of people. It's the majority of people. It's a buy. That's why that's why TCL exists. That's, that's why, why all exists. Hisense. Yeah, that's what that's exactly freaking exactly. on, bro. Like, right, right. <laughs> I see people walking out the store with on fifty-five inch on TVs are like three, four hundred dollars. Yeah. They're like 55, 65 inches, yeah. and they're happy. Yeah. They're happy. And at one ninety-nine price point on the Series S, again, whether your family's been talking about upgrading, maybe you got an old system, you got a PS4, Xbox One, whatever the case may be, you walk into the store and you see an Xbox Series S, and that sales rep tells you, hey, by the way, you can play all the current gen games on there. And you're like, for $199? Oh, yeah, by the way, they also got, how many people you got in your family? Oh, you got all these people in your family? Well, guess what? They got a Game Pass Ultimate plan, too. So if you want to pick up more than one S and have a couple rooms decked out, guess what? You don't have to pay the full price for the Xbox Ultimate. You can just add them to your family plan. Oh, you got some friends who might want to jump in, too? Yeah, absolutely. You can have up to five people total. That's five bucks, six bucks a month. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And you have access to three, four hundred games. And oh, by the way, did you know Call of Duty's dropping in there? You guys play Call of Duty, right? Oh yeah, oh, oh yeah, yeah yeah. No, Call of Duty's dropping. You heard, in there. You heard about that <laughs> Call of yeah, Duty? No, game? Oh look, it, look, it's on the box. Oh look, it's on the box. Call of Duty now available in Game Pass. Look, it's over. It's it's done deal. They're gonna shoot through the roof. There is no more talking about 
And again, consoles are only one segment. We know that. Xbox isn't focused on it, but that's going to be the entry point for a ton of people into this ecosystem. And that's why it's still important. So uh, at the end of the day, this is a great move by Xbox. If they pull it off for the $25 a month. Even 30, bro. Even 30. Even 30, it's still a great deal. I said 35 when we first started talking about this. I was like, there's no way they're going to drop it down that low, especially at four or five people. Man, 25, 30 bucks. It's an instant buy for people. It's again, it's undeniable. That's literally Netflix, Hulu, Disney type levels of stuff. And that's what people like to see. Like, that's the other thing, too, that I like to try to pull more attention to is the normies is the people is the is the regular people out there because those are the people who who matter about this that's how you would get the three billion not us we don't care about that they don't care about the 15 10 percent one percent of us they don't care about none of that i mean they do that's why you get your god of wars and your spider-mans and well spider-man's the one that kind of breaks out of that but you get your god of wars you get your uncharted you get uh gears of war you get your halo halo kind of breaks out of that too um but you get a vow, you get Skyrim's, but I'm kind of, but, but you see where that kind of conversation ends up going in order for us to get certain things, something has to expand. And what, what other better thing to expand than that market of the casual market and getting them to recognize something. Cause I know a lot of people are like, Oh, consoles are going to go away. Consoles aren't going to go away as long as casuals recognize what that is. And that's not going to go anywhere. That's actually gained more recognition. I've actually spoken to more people who have consoles in as a main form of their entertainment system, if anything. Like, yeah, it's just a PlayStation 2. I, you know, I got the PlayStation 3. I don't really play it, but I use it for like movie. That's what people use these things for because it's convenient. Get it for their kids and get it for themselves. Not everybody's, uh, you know what I'm saying, no. able to get everything. I mean, no, and, and don't we can't discount the impact that the current recession in the yeah, world man. is having on Real. people. True. Again, I brought this up on other shows too when we were talking about it this week, and it's a huge point. Again, Xbox could never have seen none of the companies could ever have guessed a pandemic was going to happen. Nah, they could never, never have guessed that the world was going to shut down. They could never have guessed that the governments were all going to pour so much money into their different economies that we were going to have a worldwide recession. None of them could have seen this coming. But who's positioned the best right now for it? It's Xbox, because guess what? When the belts start tightening, and they're already tightening in my household because now we've added in a teenager into the household again. It's a doubled our grocery bills, okay? Literally, on top of the gas increases... That again, I drive 45 minutes to an hour one way to work every day. Okay. You're talking about a huge impact on my already budgeted household. Well, other people are affected even greater than that. So $60, $70 games all of a sudden are the things that people start dropping. Entertainment and hobbies are the first things that people drop when it comes to budgeting their household. Okay. But But the differences in 2022 versus even 10 years ago is that people now have subscriptions. Now they look at their subscriptions monthly and say, what's worth it? What's not worth it to my family? Well, now with a Game Pass subscription like this, 
right? That can provide hours upon hours of entertainment for you and your kids or even just your kids, right? And you look at your budget and you go, God, man, can I really keep, can I afford to keep all these subscriptions? What's got to go? Well, I don't need, I don't watch stars too often, right? I don't watch Cinemax too often. Got to keep Disney plus, right? Got to keep Disney plus. We got to have that. Got to have that. You know, got Netflix. Yeah, me and the wife. Yeah, we got a lot of our favorite shows on there. We got to keep Netflix. We might do the on-off thing. But when they, they start looking at Game Pass, and all of a sudden they're on that family plan, and they're like 25 bucks a month, but I've got me, I've got the kids, I've got my buddy across the way. We're only paying five bucks technically, six bucks technically a month. Yeah, look at all the hours spent on our consoles and our P. Yeah, I can't drop that. I can't drop that. I got to keep that going. That's the position that Microsoft has now put themselves in, right? And that accessibility, the lower the bar, the easier it is to be included in that monthly budget for the family that's being impacted right now. They're in the perfect, perfect position, Steele. They set themselves up. This was planning. They couldn't have planned for what was going to happen in the world. But because they did the planning back in 2017, 2018 to get to this point, they have positioned themselves that even the world going through something like we've been going through for the past three years, they're in the perfect position. And then people look over at the other side, right? And they've introduced a subscription service, but it doesn't offer brand new games necessarily in there. Yeah, they're starting to here and there. They're, they're, they're starting to sprinkle stuff in there like Stray. But when they start looking, comparing, or I got to spend $70 on God of War because it's not going to be in there day and date. Look, that because of a harder and harder sell on that side of things. And then you throw in a console difference with the Xbox Series S being positioned where it's at. Man, people start really going, ah, I really like PlayStation. I really do. But do I need it right now? Do I need it right now? Or can I get by with an Xbox right now? And I'll play. Those exclusives will be there. And they might even drop in price later down the road. I, I can hold off on that right and, now. And that is, I'm telling, and, and that is the issue that PlayStation has ran into the last decade. That is the same issue that Xbox has ran into the last decade. And why they've taken, well, more so, I'm not going to say taken, but they doubled down on their multiplayer experiences because they they understand what that incorporate, what that encapsules, what that, inco- what that incorporates into your. I will forever say that the biggest reason why it's it's a proven fact that Microsoft uh, and the Xbox has has a better retention than Xbox than Sony, at least on an online perspective. People get invested in the Xbox and they stay within the ecosystem. Spend more money. Um, you constantly stay subscribed to your your subscription service. I mean, you always so you're always invested at some point. Sony is getting to that point. Sony has to shake that mantra off of single player box. I just had this um, uh, web Dave. Uh, we're going to have an interview coming up here soon where I, we, I was talking a little bit with him in the background uh, about this, sa- that exact same thing. For me, when I was growing up and as I got older, because I never, I didn't have my console choice wasn't swayed by what console warrant. It was just a, it was more so swayed by what games am I playing? Playing multiplayer. Who has that? Well, this ecosystem. Box. Okay, well, me, Sony player that I was, it was the fighter box. Outside of the fighter box, 
I mean, sure, I got Devil May Cry and got these other single-player games, but I'm, I'm playing multiplayer games. So then the PlayStation started becoming, especially the PlayStation 3, became known as the single-player box. Anybody that I spoke to, yeah, I play, I play, I play PlayStation. Oh, well, what you playing? Oh, well, yeah, I play Call of Duty mainly, but I'm, I'm, I play single-player games. Oh, okay, well, that's so cool. Let me know when you get an Xbox. But now it being, you're having more of that ecosystem. Like now Sony's coming out there with it. And hey, well, we got online too. Hey, our ecosystem's kind of nice. We got Stray. Hey, come, come check out this new cat game. Everybody, hey, well-renowned. Everybody likes it. Got a good rating. Sony's known for good ratings, right? Play it. Oh. By the way, we do have Call of Duty. Got Last of Us that you could play in here. Got other things that are part of your possibly entice these people. We're also seeing uh, more people kind of come out and say, "Hey, man, I don't know if these story these story experiences all is all it's cracked up to be." Like, I feel like I'm getting more more video content than I am gameplay. Like, what is going on? What, what, what am I playing games or am I watching movies? Is, am I, is this Netflix all of a sudden? I'm playing interactive movies? Oh, snap! So now they have that mantra. So now you got to shake off the single-player mantra, the single-player box. Now you got to shake off that, that secondary mantra. It's just you got things that are working negatively against you that you have to change within your consumer's head because other than Call of Duty, there was, there's not much else out there that people are thinking about. Now that everybody, because the main advantage is that you got PlayStation for free, hacked and less less trustworthy, but and keep in mind, consumers care about those types of things. I I work for a bank. Like people care about these things, and some people don't. Most people are completely freaking clueless. Most most people, honestly. But there's just it's there's a lot of back and forth that's going here, and that's. The health of competition is better than ever. That kind of leads us to the conversation. We're talking about the family plan, and I mentioned it earlier um, about Sony having that uh, discussion they had in Brazil of uh, making some comments on the Activision deal. Like the first yeah, time we've really Perfect heard, transition, man. Perfect transition. I think it's actually really the first time that PlayStation has even spoke on the deal at all. Well, and, that we know of in well, public. That, that we know of. Because the government down in Brazil allows for public knowledge of that information. We don't know. I I can guarantee you, even if the FTC didn't ask them, they sent a letter. I can guarantee it. (laughs) Probably. But uh, we we ended up getting some information that apparently Sony themselves do not feel as though this kind of just adds on to those other stipulations that I was speaking on. But Sony themselves feel they don't have anybody in-house or any IPs within their stable that could compete with a Call of Duty. Mind you, what blows my mind about that is that Xbox came out and said that the games are going to remain multiplayer. Sure, the conversation definitely goes, yeah, they can get two years down the road, they can say that right now, let the deal go through it, and boom, make it exclusive. But the only problem I have with that statement itself is... Maybe you guys may be missing the the bigger picture. 
Because the bigger picture is not about exclusivity anymore. It's about my service. And if you have to pay $70 on a on any other console or anywhere else to get access to this game, or you have the choice, because come to find out, Call of Duty's probably gonna be $70 on all consoles. Oh, no matter what, you, you get it on. So you can either get it for $70 or you can get it as part of your subscription service. Which one are you gonna choose? Which one is the casual gonna choose? I could probably tell you. They might think about buying the game. And eh, Call of Duty's been, no, Call of Duty's been kind of off here recently. I really want to try this one. Wow, I mean, Modern Warfare 2, man, that was a great game. I really want to jump back into it. But I don't know, man, that Vanguard, it was okay. I spent $70 for that, though, and I didn't really enjoy my experience. And it's, this is, these are a lot of the things that people are thinking about right now. I've been scouring the internet looking. Trust me. I don't just don't try to come from some random out of space place. But when you have that option to get this game 10 to 15 bucks a month, and you have access to it on any Xbox, anything within the Xbox ecosystem, that is going to change the narrative. So that's, that is going to make me worry. And that's why they say, and that's why they come across, at least to me, that's why I feel they may be coming across a little worrisome. It's not about the, whether the game's going to be there or not. They know that what Microsoft is, kind of, is currently doing is trying to get that market share. They're trying to get that market share, but the mind share from people. That Sony holds near and dear to their heart. That's obvious. They say, damn, well, you know, Microsoft has done all this without having our type of content. That I'm pretty sure, like, that, that has to be some of the meanings that they're having. Like, oh, we, we know we put out the greatest. They come out all the time and say that. Oh, we, we put out some of the greatest games out the industry. Movie quality. Everybody loves them. Critically acclaimed. But then Jim Ryan says, it's not enough. It's, it's just not enough. Our Sony console base, not enough. We need more. Got to be able to feed our ecosystem. It's going to make you worry when your direct competitor, whether anybody wants to admit that or not, it makes it kind of different when your direct competitor obviously is playing a different game than you are now. They changed the rules. Mm -hmm. You play, you did your rules, the, long, the day age rules for a long time, since the beginning. Consoles, console wars, let's fight against each other, hardware versus hardware, software, this game versus this game. No. Now, because of Netflix, because of, because of Amazon, because of ease of access, because of accessibility, because of the golden age of gaming, because of more games coming out than ever before. Can't forget that. We, you cannot compare right now to decades ago because we are getting more content than we have ever gotten before. Much more. And going into 2023 is going. To, I think it's going to prove that to another level. But we'll see. But that is why, to me, what I can see possibly when you come in, that's doubtful. It's going to be a little bit doubtful. Like, damn, I, I don't know. 
That's gonna be a major play. Xbox can move a lot of people that way if this works. Because it is still a big if on it. <clears throat> and nobody's for sure which way or which direction this, any of this can go. But it's obvious can't be done the old way anymore. Oh, like I may, I think I may have left some things out, but I feel like I've been talking here. So I wanna pass <laughs> I wanna pass it off. Just get, get some more energy in there because we both talk for me. I know I know I know a lot of people were running where we're going with the whole all oh, Sony scale tucked tail between yeah. their legs and everything else. I took it and as you just heard, I my perspective was a little bit different. And so I think it's more just business side of things. They're looking at the yeah. total scope because, again, we can't forget this is one of their main avenues mm-hmm. for bringing in the money. Yeah. For brand loyalty. So what are, what are some of the things that you pulled out of that uh, conference that they had in Brazil talking about the Activision Blizzard deal? Do you think Sony's scared? Do you think that they got some... They're just trying to adjust is is that really what's maybe going on or uh, what's going on man what do you think i already i already said it i i don't take it as scared at all um i take it as concerned and they have a right to be concerned <clears throat> listen you brought up some points that i've made on other shows too steel you and i are aligned in a lot of things here also i'll try to bring up some different ones as well um and shout out to Stubbs showing up in the chat hey, it's been a while brother Stubbs. and you're right Stubbs. it is just an opinion yeah yeah um, but at the end of the day, it's not a leap to say that you don't have to have internal knowledge of Sony to understand that if they were given the choice to decide whether or not Xbox could buy Activision Blizzard, they would not want them to buy Activision Blizzard. Uh, they would want to keep things the same as they have been so they can make those marketing deals that they've spent a lot of time, money, and resources on developing that they took away from Xbox because Xbox had the Call of Duty marketing rights during the 360 era. And it was a huge, huge win for them. And then last gen, they took those away from Xbox, and it was a huge win for Sony, not just in money terms, right? That was big, but for the simple fact that Sony could rely on Call of Duty, as Steele put it, to cover what they didn't have in multiplayer games. And again, what that shows, Steel, and it's something that we've talked about here plenty of times over all the episodes, is that, yes, your exclusives and your first party are important, right? They create an identity for your brand. But what's your bread and butter? Your bread and butter is the casual market which comes from the third party games like call of duty like madden like nba 2k that's what your bread and butter and do you want to lose your bread and butter no you don't it's something that you want to have and now they're not even going to lose it fully because microsoft has already said they're going to keep it multi-plat which makes sense in fact they went so far as to say we want to bring call of duty to switch which would be gigantic brother that's a whole nother market so no they're not going to lose per se their bread and butter but they are going to lose the identity of having call of duty synonymous with playstation it is now going to revert back to call of duty being synonymous with xbox and that's going to happen because it's going to be available in game pass and because simply microsoft is not going to uh, not take advantage of being able to market call of duty at all times underneath the xbox banner that's what sony's been doing that's what you do 
here's a couple things, Steele. You you brought up again, you you said some points that I've made, which is that Sony right now, they were given an opportunity to voice their opinion on something. Let's say that the the tables were turned and there was uh you know governments around the world taking a look at uh Sony's third party timed exclusive deals and asking whether or not that was anti-competitive, right? And they went to Xbox and asked Xbox what their opinion of those timed exclusive deals were, like Final Fantasy VII. Let's just throw that one out there. That's an easy one. You don't think that Microsoft and Xbox wouldn't be doing the same thing? Of course they would. They don't want that to happen. They would rather see those games come over to Xbox. So Sony was just given an opportunity to voice their opinion. And Xbox being their main competitor in this space especially the console space right now and now the subscription you know space although it's it's, it's not really competitive uh which they pointed out it's they're going to take this opportunity if there's any chance whatsoever to slow down Microsoft's momentum and what they've been doing they're going to take that opportunity to do it and that's all they're trying to do here again it's a business move so that's why I say it's not scared it's concerned but here's the other here, here's a couple other things that I'll say about this. Sony will lose money off of this. They will they will still make a percentage, and there's still plenty of people who will play Call of Duty on PlayStation. It's not going to be like some, oh, my God, mass exodus to Xbox all at one time. It's going to be death by a thousand cuts when it comes to Call of Duty. But they're going to take a hit. But they also don't want Xbox to control Call of Duty because Call, Call of Duty is a, is a major piece that Xbox can use. So if Xbox decides, hey, we're going to still put this game over on your platform. We're going to allow, you know, we're going to allow Call of Duty to remain on PlayStation, but we want you to lower your fees. We want you to lower your fees when it comes to the crossplay fees. When it comes to the third party fees, we want you to drop that down. We're dropping our own down for everybody. Again, they've talked about that openly, right? They're they're talking about lowering their fees dramatically. We want you to drop yours down. What's PlayStation going to do? No. Okay, well, then Call of Duty doesn't come over. We're not willing to cut a deal with you for Call of Duty. And Sony knows this. So it's a major piece a bargaining chip that they can use. Um, you know, shout out to Jez and Rand, of course, who we love over on the Xbox too. They brought this point up too yesterday. And, you know, they both said that they had heard behind the scenes that how we got the cross play that we currently have, because Sony was completely against cross play. I mean, Xbox His, was too at some point. At some point, but Xbox had changed their tone they changed and they, were, they, they wanted to open things up. And what they did, steal, supposedly, according to Rand and Jez, again, they both heard it from separate sources, is that they used uh, Minecraft VR as a bargaining chip. Sony went to Xbox and said, we want Minecraft on PSVR. And Xbox said, oh, okay, yeah, we'll do that for you, but we want crossplay. And Sony finally relented on some of the crossplay stuff. And so again, Call of Duty is even a bigger bargaining chip than Minecraft VR is. So Sony does not want their main competitor to have this advantage. Now, again, like you said, Steele, this all goes back to the simple fact that this is a new game that Microsoft and Xbox have created. And Sony, Sony is used to being the one creating the rules. Xbox and Microsoft have been playing by Sony rules and lost all the time, big time, right? Lost. 
Sony's the one who changed everything back in the day and cut deals with certain publishers like EA that eventually caused the demise of Sega and the Dreamcast. Sega had its own problems, but but Sony smelled blood in the water and they took full advantage to get rid of one of their competitors. And that's what they did. They're the ones that are used to making the rules. And now they see this whole different game being played and they have been invited and they don't have the resources to go over there and join the exact same way. So this is also a play from Jim Ryan and his team to try to delay the inevitable a little bit longer while they are adjusting to this new game and trying to get a team together that can play this new game. That's what they're doing with acquisitions. That's why they went out. They already, Steel, did a counter move to Call of Duty by picking up Bungie. Okay, Destiny is huge. It's gigantic. If the rumors were true and Bungie had approached Microsoft and Xbox, but just asked for too much money and Phil and was, it was like, nah, we ain't paying that. Can you imagine if the, if, if Bungie had also joined Xbox and now you were going to have call of duty and destiny both synonymous with Xbox, bro, you don't think that Sony would be panicking at this point. They would be because that's two gigantic franchises. Now Sony made the play. They went and got Bungie. Now that's going to help them with their games of service. That's going to help them with their subscription service. And it's going to make Destiny synonymous and whatever new Bungie game comes out, which we know they're developing, which is going to be huge because it's Bungie, because it's Destiny. Whatever new game is going to be synonymous with Sony, and maybe they make it exclusive. They said they're not going to, but we'll see. But now it's up to Sony. Sony still has not put Destiny into their subscription service. Why? You've got an advantage. Why not use it? Well, because Sony still wants to hold on to the old rules for a little bit here. They don't want to give in to this yet, quite yet. So all they're doing here is trying to delay the inevitable. Jim, again, maybe I give more credit than Jim is deserving. Some people say that Jim is ruining Sony PlayStation. Jim is a businessman. He's a numbers guy. He's not a gamer. We know this. We've talked about this plenty of times. But I give him credit. And I think he does see the future, but as I've said many times, I think he's fighting against the Sony board too, who does not want to give up the old rules. No, they don't. So he's so he's got to try somehow while they get up to speed, all these acquisitions they've made, all these second party deals that they've made to start developing games that are going to be good for your service and that are going to get engagement, that are going to take the place of some of those Call of Duty players who leave and go to Xbox. They're getting ready for that time. But he needs more time. And the longer he can stall this out, the better it is for Sony. So to me, this is just a stall tactic too, to try to get somebody to listen to them, to try to get somebody them to delay approving this deal for a little bit longer. Now, is it going to happen in Brazil? No, I don't think, I don't think Brazil is going to be the one that goes, yeah, we, we don't approve of this deal. I don't think they're going to be the ones that stand up, especially since Brazil is an Xbox heavy nation, by the way. Listen, that's all this comments are. They are concerned. They have a right to be concerned. It is a business move. It is a business decision. It is going to affect their money. Now, how much we'll find out depending on how Xbox can work this, whether or not Xbox can drop it into game pass call of duty as soon as the deal goes through or whether they have to wait, we'll find that out. That's going to be a big part of this. But at the end of the day, Jim and his team are just doing what they can 
to kind of delay this. They don't want to see their main competitor have control of a highly influential piece like Call of Duty. That is a highly influential right now. But to their point that nobody else can make a game like Call of Duty, nobody can do this. That's BS. Okay, that's where I call them being over the top dramatic to try to play the victim card. They're trying to act like they're the victims here. When we know full well they've been doing things to hurt Xbox nonstop. Again, their yeah, time they, exclusive. They wanted to kill Xbox. Yeah, yeah, they wanted to kill Xbox. Their the- timed exclusivity deals continue to be a problem to this day for Xbox. Okay, they're going to continue to do that while, while they can. But listen. It's bullshit that they're saying that no other game can come along and compete with Call of Duty. This industry changes on a dime, Steel. On a dime. Yes, Call of Duty has a history of domination that is undeniable. Okay, it is the best, it is one of the best selling games year in, year out. But the fact to say that nobody's gonna come along and build something that beats Call of Duty someday, bro. We've seen that time and time again in this industry. Nobody saw Fortnite come around. Nobody saw that happening. And it sells money-wise, revenue-wise, more than Call of Duty does. It makes more money than Call of Duty does. Nobody saw that happening. Nobody saw Apex Legends coming along and dominating like it did. Nobody saw Fall Guys come along from some small team out of nowhere and dominate the conversation for a time period. These things in this industry, when you have as many people working on stuff, you have as many creatives coming into this industry as you do right now. To say that Call of Duty is going to be the be-all, end-all for the next 25 years is ludicrous to me. It's ludicrous. It could happen next year. It could happen two years from now. It could happen five years from now. Vince Zempel and his team could make the best Battlefield ever And all of a sudden, everybody's playing Battlefield. That could happen in an instant. So again, for them to say that nobody can do what what Activision does with Call of Duty is 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 being dramatic. Again, it's creating it's painting this picture of victimhood that there's no way we can do anything. You have one of the best first person shooter developers now in house in Bungie. They created one of the biggest games in the industry's history in Halo. Okay, you they created another gigantic different type of game in Destiny (laughs) that still has stood the test of time. So to sit here and say that you can't see any of your teams or any other team putting out a product that's going to be Call of Duty when you've got one of the best developers in house now because you went out and made that as a counter move. Come on, man. You know that's a lie. That's just flat out. That's just, again, it, it, it's it's nothing but playing the victim card and it's being over the top with statements. Again, that's all this is at the end of the day. It is an opinion, like Stubb said, of course. It's just their opinion. They're speculating even more than we speculate on this show, Steel, with how the future is gonna be, right? That that's like that. No, that's that you can't see that far out in the future to say Call of Duty is unstoppable forever. That you can't. Again, that's the risk in this industry. This is still a high-risk industry. And we saw Call of Duty fall off this year. Now, is it still one of the top-selling games? Yeah, it is. Vanguard was. But money-wise, player-wise, those stats came out this week, too. They dropped off dramatically. Now, Modern Warfare 2 looks like it's going to take it back up again, but we don't know until the game launches. It could have massive problems. And all of a sudden, yeah. everybody stops playing Call of Duty. Yeah, it, We've seen it. We've seen it time and time again happen to games. So. There's a lot there, Steel. Uh, but again, to say that Sony's running scared here, that's not true. 
uh, at all. They, they've got their position. They've built their position. They're fine. Uh, again, worst case scenario, they become another Nintendo at the end of the day. But I think that Jim is moving PlayStation in the right direction. I think that they just don't want to flip the switch because it's going to cost them a lot, Steel. It's going to cost them a lot to flip the switch like Xbox did because they don't have the infrastructure. They don't have the resources to do what Xbox did. And so they're just trying to delay it for as long as possible. That's all they're trying to do here. But this deal goes through no matter what Sony has to say. I, I think it's a done deal, and I think we see it by the end of the year. So, uh, Yeah, and, and I agree with that. Um, just, and, and to touch on the – what was it? Touch on the take for Sony not having anything. I don't think I touched on that. Um, Yes, they have Bungie, but other than that, they don't have anything to call a dude. I'll, I'll, I'll flat out say that. I mean, I, I know other people are saying that, oh, that's, that's BS. Oh, you got all these other people. You don't because you would have made it already. If you had that much faith, you would have put factions out already. No, factions became something else. You would have had other multiplayer games that would be out right now. You don't. You literally have no multiplayer games to speak of. Yeah, because they didn't have to. And then the ones that you put out aren't getting support anymore. What was that? What was that car game that came out that they tried to charge seventy dollars, sixty seven dollars oh, for, Jesus. and then uh, it crashed and burned? Yeah, I don't even remember the name of the game. That's 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 terrible. That's your multiplayer. Oh, all Star? Is it All Star? No, it's is it? No, what the hell was it? It was. I'll find it. It, it, it. We'll find it. You'll find it in a second. But but that's the point. So I can see why they would say, "Well, we don't," because you don't. What do you have to speak of? I can look at your competitor and your competitor has, hey, Stubbs, this one's for you. Gears of War, Halo, Elder Scrolls. Elder Scrolls additionally is a single, more single-player game, but if we got online, Elder Scrolls Online, I mean, that's available elsewhere, but it's already in our ecosystem. We're already known for that. And yeah, Destruction All-Stars. Destruction, Destruction All-Stars. All-Stars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, Nick said it's not called factions, it's called fictions. You ain't never seen it. <laughs> Don't say that to Steel. You're, you're gonna fool. make him sad. You're a fool. You're a fool. Um <laughs> says, I agree, Derek, but I seen narratives from fanboys saying paying via Game Pass is better than seven dollars. I mean, depending on your perspective, it is. Or do you have seventy dollars right now or do you have fifteen? Well, how about ten? How about it's not about are you going to have $70 next month? Nobody's thinking about, oh, I'm spending. Nobody thinks. You don't think about that with nothing else. Literally. Are you, no, are you thinking about that when you subscribe to Netflix at almost $20 a month? Hmm. No. <laughs> you think about that for Disney? You think about that with any other subscription that you have? Oh, how much am I paying yearly for it? No. You don't care. It's part, you count it as part of your monthly bills. And Shizno and Shizno said they don't they shouldn't have depended so much on third party for so long. That's what bit Xbox so bad last gen coming from 360. Exactly. Sony had PS Now before Game Pass. They had their opportunity to build out their subscription service, but they looked at it as not was available. Yeah, them. wasn't it? They looked at it as something they could not or were unwilling to invest in. They had their chance. They lost that advantage real quick because they stopped investing in PS Now and they watched their subscribers fall. 
but they had their chance. They went out and bought Gaikai for freaking whatever it was. Yeah. A ton of money back in the day, long before we knew about Xbox and Game Pass, there was a potential that Sony could have been the first one to market with a Game Pass-like subscription. But they looked at it like, no, we can't do that. We can't, we can't, we, we can't. We can't throw Naughty Dog's games in there day one or even later. We can't do that. We got to continue to do what we've done that made us successful. It wasn't until Jim Ryan came over and took over for a reason and started looking at things and saying, hey, this 120, 150 million cap on consoles is not good enough. Xbox is right. There's more to be had out there. Again, that's why they resisted so long from putting their games on PC, which seemed like the most obvious thing to do in the world to sell some more copies. But Sony was like, no, no, we're not going to do that. We're not going to do that. We want people to have to buy our console. Look, that's run its course. And so now, yeah, they're way behind. They had their opportunity. And you're right, Shizno. They depended on the third parties to supply the multiplayer experiences to drive the engagement while they sat there and just simply focused on their single player games, which admittedly made them a lot of money and gave them a lot of success. But that's not the future-proof way. They weren't looking down the road, whereas Xbox was forced to look down the road and change what they were doing because they finally realized this game that Sony's playing, they're kings. We're not going to be, we can't compete. They're the king of this we jungle. We won't compete this way. We're going to do something completely different. And part of that was out of necessity to sell Satya on the idea of keeping Xbox alive. We know that for a fact now. Go back and watch the documentary Our and own. watch Aaron Greenberg's face as he talks about the quote-unquote dark years and how bad it was. Aaron Greenberg looked like he was going to cry in that video. Just thinking about how bad it was at Xbox at that point. So they had to go convince Satya. Phil had and his team had to convince Satya to invest in Xbox and not let it die off. Not sell it off. Not close it down. Not become a third-party publisher. How were they going to do that? Uses their servers as a selling point. And how do you use this through servers? Guess what? You create Game Pass. You create cloud gaming. That's what you do. And they did it. But Sony had their opportunity. They they flubbed it. They decided it wasn't worth it. Now here we are. Now they wish they would have done now, it. Now, now they're <laughs> investing into it. Yes, but it's late. Now they're behind. So, and, I mean, and but, Stubbs, you're, you're, bringing up, you're bringing up amazing points because, I mean, uh, like Stubbs says, hey, if uh, you only play COD and only COD, $70, and if you pay the whole year, it's 120 bucks. So I'm only pointing out COD uh, only, and he's not in that camp. And I'm not saying that you are in that camp, or whatever the case. I'm just more so talking on your the points that you're making specifically. I definitely understand where you're coming from, sure. But I'll also be honest with you and say a lot of the times when people only buy one game is because they're unsure about other games. They don't want to spend that type of money on other games. If you give them another way which Sony, it's not just Xbox that has a subscription service now. Now it is, they both have had subscription services since Sony started it. So what, two, like, what is that, 2014? Sony, like Pong just mentioned, Sony's had it longer, so this isn't a new thing. They could have been playing that, that card. Hey, by the way, Sony subscribers, you subscribe to our service, you get this. 
Stratter service, you get this. Give them all these benefits for people to do word of mouth and say, hey, you need to be part of this for these reasons. I can say the reward program for Xbox is enough of a reason just for you to be invested. I don't take advantage of it. I don't. I'm also one of the ones. I'm not like anybody else in the community, like your booms or anybody else that pays for years in advance for their uh, subscription service. I pay it month to month. And I literally cannot tell you the last time I thought about it. You know, when I think about it, when I'm going through my, uh, my bank statements at the end of the month, I was like, damn, I, damn that, that went through. Gotta, forgot that was even there. I, I was just playing games. I, I, I'm not even, th I'm not thinking about that. You know what I am thinking about? My data cap that I can't get rid of. <laughs> you know what I am thinking about? My energy bill that keeps rising up because that's monopolized. There is no other energy company I can go. I have the one. And they can monopolize and they can charge me with a, whatever the hell they want. My energy bill has doubled since I've, we've recently switched to, uh, since uh, this new provider has taken over. That's what I'm thinking about. Not the 15 bucks a month. It's perspective. That's what it's about. Whether it's $70 or it's 15 bucks, it's perspective. If you tell somebody, if I go tell, let's go say I work at a random place. Let's just say you're working at an ice cream shop. You're working at an ice cream shop. You got your coworkers. You get random people that come in. Say, yeah, well, I usually pay this X amount of dollars for these games or whatever. You tell them, well, hey, didn't you know there's, there's 10 to 15 bucks for a month? You can get this subscription service and it's going to have that game that you were looking for? Oh, really? Oh, well, well, let me try it out. Make, make sure that I'm interested in it still. I don't, it, it hasn't been what it was. They're going to try it out. Potentially find more that they could invest because that's what happens with these subscriptions. There's a whole mindset things that happen with there's so many, th there's so many more webs that kind of come off this central point that people don't touch on. And that's what bothers me within the industry. What bothers me about journalism, bothers me about the community is that there's other, there's things that stem off this central point that nobody else wants to think about. Everybody's up here with the, oh, this is how I think about it. Oh, I'm in the hardcore and my community does this. And exactly, that's why I'm not, I'm not pointing you out directly, Stubbs, you, but you're bringing up good points. And I want to bring up those points because those are conversations that normal people have. Hey, 60, 70 bucks for games. That's been a conversation around my entire life. Oh, I don't know if I could pay $60 for this game. Uh, you're going to have to build up some, uh, some allowance so you can go get that game. Or you're going to have to go cut some yards or go do this or work a little bit here, do a little bit of this, get your own job so you can go get these games because we can't afford that right now. I love how people make it seem like everybody just has an abundance of money. That's not the case. Not everybody's trying to pay $30, $40, $50, $60, $70 for a game. Not everybody is. And you can call those people cheap. You can call them whatever you want. But this is something that's always existed. Giving people more bang for their buck for their dollar means more than anything else. And if you give them a service like they have gotten with TV, 
I, I, I said it before and I say it here again. We, most people no longer have cable. How many things do you have now that almost equal up what you had as far as cable before? No, not c cable currently, because I'll be honest, cable currently is expensive as hell now. Like dumb expensive, like to the point where it's almost like they don't want you to invest in their cable. They want you to pay more for internet because that's they, that's really where they make they card because they we get in the, in here in the, in, the, in the states we get raped for internet, but that's neither here for not for us not to get the upload and download speeds that we're supposed to be getting. But whichever, but these things are the things that are being taken into perspective, and these are the things that people aren't thinking about that. Companies like Microsoft is thinking about that companies like PlayStation is thinking about that people like Nintendo are thinking about Nintendo's doing well in the handheld market. Why? Because kids love that shit. They love it. Eat it up. There's some people like me and you gamers who love that shit. That's what Pokemon's going to do at the end of the year. These last couple few weeks, I've heard nothing but Pokemon conversation. You know what's gonna happen at the end of the year? More Pokemon conversation. How long has Pokemon been, been around? Too goddamn long. Bro, you, you, can't, you can't beat the zeitgeist. And if subscription services become that zeitgeist, people will invest and they will stay invested because nobody looks at what you'd pay yearly for anything. I hate when people bring that up in conversation. Nobody looks at it like that. If I go, <laughs> yeah, nobody looks at it like that. It's like BMW, is, is it BMW? I forgot who, or Mercedes with their heated seats. Whoever, they, whoever it is. With BMW. Fucking, BMW is trying it. Are you fucking serious? Paying a subscription service for your heated seats? No. That's fucking ridiculous. But people aren't looking at that yearly either. They're like, I gotta pay monthly for this shit. What the fuck? Which I, I still you're think You're buying a BMW if you're looking at monthly? Yeah, well, uh, yeah. <laughs> There's a bigger problem. I'm going right to tell you right now, within a year, you're going to have something that you're going to have to work on. I ain't going to lie to you. <laughs> Not cheap to get service done on those goddamn cars. And I love them. But I love German make. But just putting that perspective out there, because, again, people don't have that conversation. People always come from, oh, well, you got to consider the consumer. But then you go right back to. Oh well, yearly. Oh, uh, uh, people don't like these games. Uh, uh, God of War. Uh, uh, Spider Man. Oh, Wolverine. You sound like Psychonauts right now. That's how. That's how Psycho sounds. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah, yeah. Your impression's uh, slight off topic. Your impression of Psycho was fucking hilarious. I'm, I'm, not, <laughs> I'm, I'm not gonna lie. Uh, I was. I heard that last night on the show. Y'all recapping. That 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 was. I was dying. Uh, love uh, you, brother. I know you're listening right now. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> don't make uh, don't make the choices I did, guys. Uh. I'm not banging your mom. Uh, I'm playing if, games. If I'm, <laughs> yo, that had me crying. If I'm not banging your mom, I'm playing games. <laughs> I love. But yeah, yeah. Uh, again, you see it with like your phones. They've they've <laughs> they've the, the phone companies finesse, have finessed us even more on our phone. Like it's to the point like you're you're literally paying. I, I think before how they did the whole upgrade process was a little bit different you could probably touch on that but oh y'all literally playing 30 bucks a month for your phones not thinking nothing of it and then trading it in not even getting value for your phone when you trade it in 
unless there's certain situations where like yeah, they want you when you get moved yeah. over to different companies like you mentioned yeah. earlier um switching well, that, from one to other and, that, and that's a perfect point still like you're talking about budget wise and what people are doing now like i went from verizon my family did we went from verizon to at&t i wasn't happy per se because i've been very happy with verizon because verizon's considered verizon. the best right verizon you again in tech it's not always yeah it's not always uh true but most of the time in tech you get what you pay for no 100 okay? there's yeah. a there's a reason why somebody's the best and why somebody can overcharge you for their service because they know they're the better product okay that's what sony's trying to do here with the 70 dollar game thing they call it a premium experience, okay? That's why they do a remake of a remaster and premium. still charge you 70 bucks. It's a premium, okay? But I switched over, our family switched over to AT&T because it's saving me hundred over $130 a month to switch the family over. And that's, that's crazy. Got a bunch of bonuses where I could upgrade my Note 8, four or five-year-old phone that I've had to an S22 Ultra for nothing. But like Steele said, had it even cost me the normal 38 bucks a month or whatever, I still would have been like, cool, just throw it on there. That's fine. 38 yeah. bucks, I'll budget it, right? That's the way it is. But to Steele's point, everybody's looking at these things now and the subscription service that offers you this much value and then is going to throw a family friends plan on top of it. That is something that you were willing to keep at the end of the day because of how much value they're giving you. Right. That's that's the important part. And it becomes even more important. And during times like this, that's the difference right now. It makes you second guess. Do I need the premium experience? Quote unquote. Do I need that? Right. You might. You might be a person that says, yeah, I'll cut elsewhere. And that's fine. But chances are there's more people. The majority will not. And the majority will convert. Even if it's not necessarily what they want to do, they will convert. And that's what's going to happen here, at least from my position. I think it's that's exactly what's going to happen over the next two years. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I think the same thing. So I think we beat that topic out of the box. So there's mm-hmm. that. Um, I did, before we're talking about all these things, there was another interesting thing that happened with uh, this week with ah, media. Um, as Jeff Grubb and his crew were trying to get finagle how or figure out how to properly say this, but I'm gonna call them Koch for this, but just because Koch, yeah, I'm just gonna call Koch. them Koch Media, um, just because uh, you know we Koch. Americans aren't the greatest at announcing everything, and I'm, oh, because we do what we want, still, we just make up our own words. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah that's blatantly obvious. we're American. Yeah, that's blatantly yeah. obvious. Come on, man. Um, America. But so Koch Media ended up, um, they went in and they ended up changing their name this week to play on um of course ladies and gentlemen the biggest reason that i felt like they did this was for branding sake uh it, it's easier to say and it looks better uh to say play on than it does say for somebody for you to send an email with a k-o-c-h and for somebody to try to figure out how that's supposed to be well i i think like i i instantly think of like tv and radio like when i hear Koch media, right? That's that's what it reminds me of. And but they're a, much more of a gaming company now. But a lot so. of people would say cock media. Cock. And yeah. uh that's not what they want. Nobody nobody wants that um in business unless somebody hey, that could be a selling point too. Uh it could be. Sex sells. Sex sells. 
Um, Stubb says, sorry guys, I haven't podcasted much recently, so talking too much. No, you're good, man. That's what, that's what ah, you're you can stir it up the chat. I love it, Stubbs. We miss you, brother. You always come in with your hot takes that gets the, the chat rolling, man. No, we're cool with it, man. It's been too long, brother. Great to have you. Thanks, that is a big fact. Um, but so Couch Media, they ended up changing the name, and I'm pulling this um article from Eurogamer.net. Um, and it is written by Victoria Kennedy. Uh, so uh, Koch Media, who owns video game publishers such as Deep Silver and developers such as Warhorse, has rebranded itself as PlayOn, pronounced as Play. In a press release, the company itself, part of the vast Embracer Empire, stated that this name was chosen to better portray who we are and the journey we are taking. Otherwise, we didn't want people to think that we were some sex company. Uh, this isn't Pornhub. Uh, we're we're about video games. <laughs> now, what's in those video games might be different, but um, over the last 28 years, we have built an incredibly strong business, partnering with many of the best-known names in the industry, wrote PlayOn CEO Clemens Kondratitz. All right, uh, Raditz, Dragon Ball Z. Our mantra is we want to offer games wherever and however people want to play them. And this is part of the reason why I, why I wanted to bring this article up because it actually ties exactly into what we just talked about as far as accessibility services and everything else. And it is so ironic to me that again, we are seeing someone else outside of the big players say, we want more people to play our games. Who else needs to tell you where we're going, ladies and gentlemen? Who else? Barney? Fucking Ronald McDonald? He needs to come back and make commercials again and say, hey, Game Pass, accessibility, games, everybody should play them. Come on. Physical digital collector's editions, whatever way people want to consume our content, we're there. We're long-term committed in the physical space, but equally, we need to reinvent ourselves all the time. As well as this, the CEO acknowledged that some people had trouble pronouncing Poch Media which we, we just discussed about. It's, some, it's sometimes difficult for people to pronounce, Dreddit said. The first game from the company followed its reband, rebrand will be the reboot of Saints Row. Uh, Ian recently had a hands-on preview with the game, remarking that it's just as ridiculous as previous games in the series. Again, Saints Row has a lot to prove. Uh, one of the greatest things that made Saints Row, I think personally, better than GTA um, especially like Saints Row 1 and 2, uh, from what I can at least remember, is like the gangs and how the world worked and everything. You, you felt more involved, right, than kind of GTA even felt sometimes. And it was also, it didn't take itself, it was literally like they were making fun of GTA. Yeah, it was a caricature version exactly. of GTA. Exactly. Right. And... But we'll have to see. I mean, they are doing some of those similar things. I showed my wife uh, the recent trailer. She said it looked interesting. Um, I mean, it was over the top, a lot, a lot of other stuff, but we don't know nothing about the story. Again, it's hard for me to be invested in some of these things because Last Saints Row that I played was the one that had all the aliens and shit in it. I mean, I thought it was interesting because I was a superhero all of a sudden, but yeah. um, I feel like it. it I don't feel it like it was Saints Row. It I feel like it automatic, like it all of a sudden turned to crackdown. I was like, okay, what what are we trying to yeah. do now? That, that's exactly what it was. It turned to crackdown. Mm -hmm. Like all of a sudden, I'm playing crackdown. I'm playing first crackdown again, and I'm like, okay, um, I've seen this game a few times. Um, but 
So they got a lot to prove here. Um, they could definitely make a a slay or a put themselves in some good spotlight uh, along with getting their name out there with the name change if this game does end up hitting. Uh, I mean, how do you feel about this name change, Pong? Uh, you yeah. said Koch Media's been around for some time. Uh, yeah. Again, I like I mentioned earlier, I can understand why people would have a hard time pronouncing this. And people don't care. Even just because I care about how to say certain things doesn't mean that everybody else is going to care. So going to something like Play On, it just makes sense. It makes it easy. No, less people know. It looks good. I can imagine this looks good on like a company header uh, or in an email right at the bottom, uh, letting people know what you uh, What How do you feel about this Play yeah, like I like I said, when I heard Koch Media, I thought of newspapers, radio, TV. Like it doesn't doesn't indicate anything fun, and even they're old. The way that they used to, uh, uh, the old style that they had it in, just it didn't it it didn't exude video games. It didn't exude you know entertainment content at all to me. So for me, I, I like the change, um, and I think I think it is a great uh, play on words. Uh, um how yeah. they did it I, I do like it um and and again they're just being a part of embracer group now that's like even embracer doesn't sound like a video game company to me it's just because i know how huge they are and obviously everything they all the acquisitions they made now it's a household name now but um for me it works it, it definitely works and i you know i'm happy they did uh change it uh, you know like you said, Jeff Grubb, I'm sure is happy as well because that was <laughs> that that goes way back. That goes back to like listening to him way back. Uh, you know, with him and Mike Minotti when they would go back and forth on it because Grubb would enunciate that name. <laughs> I, I, uh, I, I imagine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was fun, but uh, no, no, no. Great, great name change. Great decision. Uh, part of the Embracer Group again, and we know where Embracer is going. One of my favorite uh, publishing houses in the world right now. They they are doing things right and. Uh, so this is uh, this is going to work well for them. Steel, but Paul, I, I, mean, how, I mean, but how do you feel about them coming out and saying that hey, we want more people to play our games, man? That part of it, of course, Steel. That's that's a necessity nowadays. It's becoming as technology continues to expand and more people have access to games. Nobody's stupid in the well. I shouldn't say that. There's lots <laughs> of stupid people in the business world. There's lots of stupid people in the business world who make some decisions. I'm yeah, about to yeah, say, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll retract. Yeah, yeah, I'll retract yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm Quite stupid. <laughs> listen, if you're anybody and you are within the games industry now, and it's easy for us to see where it's going, right? We're outside. It should be even easier for them to see where things are going, and that again, Microsoft coming out and being the ones who first said two billion to three billion is our market should understand that that's where you want your company to go and that you should follow that lead and be like, yeah, why are we limiting ourselves in any way, shape and form? Technology is advancing. We've got all these different opportunities to get our content, to get our games out to the world and to have them played on different devices, different places that never may have had access to games before. Now do. Uh, and if it's mobile, it's mobile. If it's a tablet, it's a tablet. If it's an app on your TV, it's an app on your TV. But yes, we should all want these game companies to finally realize that, hey, the more people that play our games, the better this industry gets, the better our business does. Uh, and that's exactly what they're doing here, Steel. So yeah, no, I'm all for it, man. This is this is what it's about, man, down the road. Again, I'm an old guy. I like nostalgia. I always like my hardware. I will never give up my hardware. But Again, time moves on, technology moves on. We're getting to that point where 
We don't need it. Um, again, for us, yeah, the enthusiasts, we do, because it's still the best place to play, right? Having hardware is still the best place to play. But for millions upon millions of people, it's not. And they don't have access to them. And so they got to play what they got. And that's phones, that's tablets. Well, yeah, they don't care. It is what it is, man. So I'm all for it, man. Uh, love it. Love where the direction they're going there. Embracer's got Embracer and all their groups underneath them, man, are on. The next five board. years uh, is going to be definitely uh, going to be all eyes on Embracer on what they're possibly going to be able to do because they got they got too much and we haven't heard if anything from them like white as a I mouse type. I, I don't care. Steel Idos Montreal mm-hmm. got to come out and say that they want to, according to Grub Grub, that they want to bring back Deus Ex and do what Cyberpunk couldn't do. Uh, Whether or not I think they could pull that off, listen, I don't care. I want Deus Ex back, and I want them to try, and they were never going to get that opportunity underneath Square Enix. And all of a sudden, within months of being underneath Embrace Group, we're talking about Deus Ex again. Bro, that's all I care about. Embracer is good for this industry. I'm so happy with what they're doing over there. Now, it's funny because you brought up Square Enix, and there was also something that came out this kind of doubled down some of the things we heard because um, we kind of figured that, man, the way that Square Enix treats their Western division is so asinine. Uh, the quality of games they make, I mean, the Guardians of the Galaxy uh, by Adios, uh, Montreal, that was a, an amazing game. I still think it's, it's a game of the year quality type game, um, but we got some more information this week Thing that Square Enix has reportedly confirmed it's looking to sell stakes in its studios. Wow! The publisher uh, is said to be looking for ways to concentrate its resources on Japanese games. What else tells me that you didn't give a fuck than this right here? My God, is this unfortunate. And But at the same time, this is what Square Enix wants? I, I mean, I guess. I mean, that leads into what you just said. It's great that those uh, devs were able to get up under the Presto Dynamics and Adios um, so they can work on games they care about, so they can be seen as some, some something of value because under Square Enix, apparently and obviously, um, as I get into some of the things in this article, it has not been that way. So... This is coming from uh, Video Game Chronicles, otherwise known as VGC. Uh, This was posted by Chris Scullion. Apparently, Square Enix wants to sell stakes in some of of its development studios to improve capital efficiency. The publisher held a conference call on Friday, yesterday, to discuss its most recent financial results and following the call, Japan-based analyst David Gibson took to Twitter to summarize his plan. According to Gibson, the sale of Crystal Dynamics and Ideos to Embracer Group was phase one of Square Enix plans, and phase two will be diversification of studio capital structure. Diversification. You just got rid of some of that. So what, okay. Um, rising development costs of NFTs make, deal. That's yeah, obviously. Rising development costs of making games means with 100% owned studios, they need to be selective and concentrate resources which limits expansion. As such, the publisher will be doing a studio portfolio review. So did you do a portfolio review to Guardians of the Galaxy? No? Did you do a portfolio review to Crystal Dynamics? No? 
I think they got some pretty good games in their portfolio. Pretty well-built games, too. That you can kind of tell there's where a lot of effort and time put in those. Don't you think? I don't know. Maybe it's just me. Maybe I'm crazy. Uh, Gibson also added, some studios will remain 100% while others will change. Equity method or joint venture. Gibson explained, adding that Square Enix will also look to explore to expand the studio portfolio. Okay, so like, are you like taking things away? Are you adding them in? Because now it's like from one paragraph to the next paragraph, I'm getting like things that are kind of, I'm getting conflicting information. So you want to do, you want to review what you have internally, but you also want to, you want to expand. Okay. But it was already expanded. All right. So according to Gibson's reporting on the call, the biggest impact is on the EU US studios around large titles. And that the changes mean Square Enix will be able to allocate resources mainly to Japan titles. So Square Enix is looking to sell stakes in its studios to others to improve capital efficiency. Right when others like Sony, et cetera, are buyers, I would expect Sony, Tencent, and Nexon, et cetera, would be interested. Which we also heard that Tencent is, was, was it with Square Enix that they were looking to invest more money into? Was no, that somebody U- else? Um, Ubisoft. It was Ubisoft. Ubisoft. Okay, I do. They want to take a majority. That, okay, we that, can talk about uh, that. Yeah, we'll yeah, talk about that. That's going to be yeah. crazy. But that does involve this conversation. So we could probably touch on that after this. So buyers like Tencent, Sony, and Nexon be interested. One of those really kind of, uh, kind of worrisome to me. But again, Rose Square Indies is currently going. I, at this point, it kind of seems like they're hand in hand with each other. Like they have the same mentality. Um, <laughs> Gibson also noted that in his estimation, Square Enix's decision is extraordinary because the public should have more than enough money to meet its ends without having to sell stakes in existing studios. Yeah, you fucking should, huh? Square Enix capitalized game dev costs are currently running at $840 million, he wrote, but post the Crystal Dynamics audio sale, the company will have $1.4 billion in cash and zero debt which is plenty to fund, expand. So you got rid of two studios and now you have a bunch of money now? Is what you're telling me? Like, come on, bro. Like, that's not what happened. Thanks, thanks to Final Fantasy XIV. Yeah, shout, shout, <laughs> which those numbers also came out to, to display that if it wasn't for Final Fantasy XIV right now, Square Enix would be in a major hole. Because Square, like, let me tell you something. Square Final Fantasy XIV got so real, they had to shut down people, new people coming in. If that doesn't tell you how much money they're making hand over fist, I don't know and what else. It's still not on Xbox, Steel. They're not on Xbox. Mm. And it looks like it's Weird not decision. ever going to. Because uh, they had to cut back so they can make, uh, so they can have $1.4 billion to make their uh, Japan-based games. Jump into it real quick. Um, I think a lot of the stuff in this article was kind of fluff. I kind, I think it's BS. Uh, I think it's this like the roundabout w- a way of saying that hey, we just didn't see the vision of our Western studios. We didn't really believe in them. Those aren't the t- style of games that we want to make, or whatever the case. Although they are making more action based games, that we see uh, Final Fantasy sixteen, Final Fantasy remake, uh, Final Fantasy seven remake. Excuse me. Uh, Crisis Core is also going to be of that same style, so they're obviously going that direction. But uh, 
maybe just they didn't want the the western flavor in there i guess um so they cut it out um i feel like this just goes hand in hand with kind of what we've mentioned over the last few weeks uh, as far as the square enix one not understanding the amount of talent that they have and two i don't i don't want to necessarily say it's being greedy because they're gonna do what they're gonna do whatever they feel is best for them uh, but I do feel like it's unfortunate because these studios and these devs that have been under them this entire time have been doing nothing, have, have gotten nothing but negative uh, press and no, nothing but negative BS behind a lot of the stuff that uh, comes following a lot of this information from Square Enix. And I can imagine that neither Crystal Dynamics or Idols Montreal is necessarily in a good headspace. Now, they may be now since they're under Embracer and Embracer seems to be very welcoming, wanting, and they understand the vision. Again, that's another point that we always bring up here. If you're going to get, if these, these other devs are going to get ate up, at least get ate up by somebody who understands what gaming is, uh, what the industry is. That's amazing. But sometimes the damage is already done and it's going to take time for them to kind of bounce back from that. And we'll see what ends up happening when they release their games. This is just some more BS from me for out of, from out of Square Enix. Again, I can freely admit that, yeah, I think Final Fantasy VII Remake was a good game. I don't think it was a good enough game to say you shouldn't be make another Guardians of the Galaxy. I don't think it was a good enough of a game to get rid of all of your Western studios and not have that focus either when Japanese culture and the Asian culture overall is having more influence on your Western market than ever before that move just doesn't make sense to me well i mean how do you feel about this what does it tell you what is this kind of telling you now again they're saying this is to improve capital efficiency they said from two getting rid of two studios they now have a magical 1.4 billion dollars that they can play with and they'd have no debt they're, they're good to go now. They can do whatever they want. They got plenty of money now. What is this telling you, man, and how you feel about it? You already know how I feel about Square Enix, Steel. Um, I've said it time and time again. Uh, this is a company lost. Um, we see this throughout the industry right now as everything has changed dramatically from where it was just, you know, uh, last generation. Everything is moving extremely fast, and there's companies that are adapting, and there's companies that are floundering. Um, Square Enix is one of those that is floundering. They're from the outside looking in. The heads of Square Enix have no idea what they're doing um, in this new generation. Um, and I'm not speaking as somebody who primarily plays on Xbox. That's a whole different topic. Um, you know, I'm not taking it personal, uh, even though I make comments from time to time that are personal because it's funny. Um, because of how bad it is uh, with the games they decide to make uh, on Xbox and decide the games that they decide to do deals with Sony or just completely ignore Xbox for unknown reasons. I'm saying this just from the outside looking in as a company standpoint, as somebody looking at decision makers and what they're doing at, in this changed industry and going forward. And Square does not know what they're doing is my opinion. The heads of Square have decided that the old way is still going to be the way um, and they're going to hedge their bets and climb into bed with Sony or the highest bidder 
on some of their games. But then all you have to do, Steele, and why I can say this with confidence, all you have to do is look at companies like Bandai Namco, Capcom, who have completely turned their fortunes around by becoming much bigger publishers and putting their games everywhere. Now, Bandai Namco still does hold back a couple games here and there um, you know, from Xbox, but they have embraced Xbox as a whole and have started putting games like Scarlet Nexus, Tales of Arise, all these types of games onto Xbox. And of course, Elden Ring, they published from software and put it everywhere. And we saw what happened with Elden Ring. And you see a company like Capcom who made piss poor decisions development wise with some of their biggest franchises, like Resident Evil, um, that took a nosedive uh, that kind of killed, well, it didn't kill, but let's, let's say it dramatically reduced the amount of people that were buying their games. What did they do? They took a look in the mirror and said, what are we doing wrong? All right, we know what we're doing wrong. We are not giving the fans the games that they want. So what are we going to do? All right, we've got this franchise in Resident Evil that still has this huge recognition, has this huge fan base, but these fans have been clamoring for the old games. Let's go back and remake those games again. Let's change some stuff up. Next thing you know, you got Resident Evil 2 remake blowing up. And did they hold it back from certain consoles, even though they cut that deal with Street Fighter? Nope, they certainly didn't. They looked at the Street Fighter deal and said, damn, that really hurt our Street Fighter brand. Ouch. Um, yeah, we're not going to do that again. Resident Evil 2, 2 takes off. Resident, Resident Evil 3 remake to a lesser degree because they made some decisions that people weren't necessarily happy with, but still did well, still sold a ton. And all of a sudden, they're back on top of the world. They start putting out new Resident Evils, Resident Evil 6, um, or Resident Evil, excuse me, 7, um, and then Resident Evil Village, or 8, as most people call it. Listen, that's how you work this new industry, okay? This is not rocket science. You go back to what made you as big as you were originally. Square has that same opportunity, but what do they do? They limit themselves. They limit themselves to one fan base where we're just talking about all these companies embracing the $2 billion, $3 billion market. Square's over here like, ah, cut a deal with Nintendo. We'll cut a deal with Sony. We'll just keep it over there. Oh, we'll put it on Switch and PC. That's not going to work in today's market. You have to open up new fan bases. You have to cultivate fan bases. The only way you cultivate fan bases is by consistently putting your content on those ecosystems. This willy-nilly throwing at a dartboard random, seemingly randomness of your game releases to certain consoles or certain fan bases does not make sense nowadays. It does not work well for you. Now, I will give them credit that they've embraced the PC market and that they're putting their games on PC. Bravo, Square Enix. Right. That obviously was a move that half-ass. needs... Yeah, half-ass half ass putting them on PC. Half-ass, but at least they're trying over there, right? At least they're trying. I'll give them credit there a little bit. But again, it makes zero sense. I'll give you a perfect example. Um, Dialfield Chronicle. Uh, brand new tactics strategy game all right that's already when you say turn-based tactics strategy in 2022 you're already talking to a niche market so what do they do they put it on everything it's coming to xbox right it's coming to xbox that's fantastic then you go into your back catalog and you pull out tactics ogre one of the goats of all time for anybody old enough to remember it it goes for me final fantasy tactics and then it goes tactics ogre 
Patrick Tober is one of the greats of all time in this already niche market. You decide to remake it. Bravo. Bravo. Going back to what you do well. Great. Awesome. That needs a remake. It deserves one. Amazing job. You guys figured out this whole new 2D, 3D look with your games like Octopath Traveler. Look, it works. People love it. That's great. Even dropped Octopath Traveler into Xbox before you dropped it to Sony, which was an awesome, incredible decision. You're starting to cultivate the fan base over here. Right. So you're going to bring out Diofield Chronicles, but then you go to your back catalog, bring out one of the GOATs, PlayStation, Switch, PC. No Xbox. What? This is this is a tactics game. We're not talking about a $150 million development game here, Steel. Right. We're talking about a tactics game from back in the day that you're updating to this new 2D, 3D thing that you got going on, which is beautiful. This isn't going to cost you a lot of money to bring to Xbox. You're starting to develop a fan base. People were excited. You talked about how many people were playing Octopath Traveler on Game Pass. It was a great boon for you. Yeah. And then you're going to skip the console? Come on, man. This is 2022. You can't do this stuff. And you've done now the same thing with Final Fantasy VII, one of the biggest franchises in the history of gaming. Anybody who's anybody, even people who aren't into JRPGs, when you say Final Fantasy VII, you know what that is. You lock it down to a time exclusive with Sony. Fine. You took the bag to get it done. Okay. I can hear that. That's fine. But where is it? Why is it not? It's come, it came to PC. Why is it not on Xbox? Why would you ignore one of the biggest franchises in the history of gaming after the time exclusivity runs out? Did you take another bag from Sony? Why would you take another bag from Sony at this point? Makes zero sense. You put stickers on Final Fantasy Remake saying that it was a timed exclusive. And now you just completely ignore Xbox again? Listen, this doesn't make any sense from a business standpoint. You have right. to cultivate these fan bases. Dragon Quest. You launched Dragon Quest into Game Pass after it had already been out on other systems. You see awesome success. You came out and praised Game Pass during the Dragon Quest time when it launched in there and said how many new people were getting to experience Dragon Quest. Now we don't know if Dragon Quest coming out. Now we don't know if the next one's going to come out. We already know one of them isn't coming to Xbox at all. Why? You started to develop a fan base from new people who may never have played Dragon Quest or remember Dragon Quest from the Nintendo days, but you know we're a one-console family or person, and they never got to play the new Dragon Quest, and all of a sudden they rediscover Dragon Quest again. And now we don't know. Final Fantasy 16's coming. You took the bag from Sony yet again. Why? You're going back to what made Final Fantasy, well, again... This is from me. This is my personal stuff. I like the the high fantasy Final Fantasies better than I do the modern fantasies, Final Fantasies. But you're going back, which is great. It's looking incredible. You come up with this new combat system that looks like a mix of Devil May Cry and Final Fantasy, newer style Final Fantasy. It looks amazing. It's showing well. People are excited. But you took a bag from Sony. You're going to limit yourself yet again to one fan base. Why in 2022, Sony's not paying you that much money. You'd be better off cultivating. And if Final Fantasy 16 turns out to be as good as both Steel and I think it will be, you're missing out on millions of sales over here. Scarlet Nexus sold extremely well on Xbox even before it went into Game Pass. Tales of Arise sold extremely well on Xbox. 
Xbox may not not ever be the JRP juggernaut that a PlayStation or a Switch is. Right. I can totally hear that. But there's more people now playing on the Xbox side of things. So again, all of this goes into play. And then you have these Western developers, which we talked about in IDOS and uh, Crystal Dynamics for a long time still. We uh, talked about this on different shows with different people. All of us who took that, that satellite view understood exactly what was going on. And we got confirmation that's exactly what was happening internally over at Square. But you got these Western developers. Fine. You finally admit that they're not what you were looking for, that they weren't a part of your future for different reasons, whether it's to sell, whatever the case may be, you got rid of them. You sold them fire sale, $300 million for all that talent and those IPs, two big IPs, you fire sale them. Okay. You you cut it. That's fine. You cut it out. But to sit here and try to say now that you have $1.4 billion in excess capital to play around with, when you know full well that that came all from Final Fantasy fourteen, that that has nothing to do with your business acumen, that your decisions weren't what generated this. Yep. It's because you got lucky and you should be down on your knees thanking the gaming gods every single day that Final Fantasy had to turn around. Because for people who don't remember, Final Fantasy fourteen was a failure, utter failure when it came out the gates. People were like, I'm not paying, playing this trash. People left in droves right away. They had to go back and redo Final Fantasy XIV. And thanks to the creative minds over there, they turned it around, and now it's a juggernaut in the MMO space, which is generating you huge sums of cash. You were just simply lucky that you had the right talented people to actually turn that thing around. Otherwise, your company would be in severe trouble. It's Times Square. Either you got to merge with somebody who is going to give you new management style and make better decisions in this day and age of this industry, or you got to flat out sell one of those two. And I was thinking about the steel. You listed off the names. Obviously the Sony makes most sense. It's it's time to put a ring on it. Just get it done and over with Sony take over square and start making some better decisions. It doesn't matter at this point. Do it. That's fine. I don't want Tencent involved. We'll talk about Tencent and Ubisoft here. Again, the Chinese government has way too many hands in too many different industries, and the gaming industry is one of them right now, and I don't want to see Tencent's influence continue to uh, grow. Um, So I'm against that. You know, I was thinking about this deal. Out of all the stuff that we've talked about and how how common sense it is that Sony is the one that comes in and, and helps Square out of this position and buys them and brings them under the umbrella. Wouldn't it be something, Steel, that good old quiet Nintendo sitting on big bank, sitting on tons of cash, swoops in and grabs Square Enix once again? Because, again, people who aren't old enough don't remember that it was actually Nintendo and Square that started this whole run. Okay. Without Nintendo square would not be where they're at. That was the partnership that obviously started things. That was, man, they were like first party developer for Nintendo, basically at one point uh, back when they were Squaresoft. Wouldn't it be something for Nintendo to swoop in and make the rare acquisition here because it plays perfectly. Now, can they take full advantage of some of the stuff that square is doing right now? Because their technology is, Less than no, they can't because their hardware is behind the times. But if they're planning on bringing out something new, steel, which obviously Nintendo is, they're always planning something at some point. It's just a matter of when they're going to show the world. 
But if they're planning on new system and they're going to have their first party title line up like they always do, ready to rock and roll for that new system, wouldn't it be amazing to also have Square underneath the house of Nintendo and say, by the way, Square is making something, whatever it is, brand new for our brand new handheld, or maybe they go back to the home console system. Who knows what they do? Wouldn't it be fantastic marketing for them? I think Nintendo is a dark horse in all of this, and I wouldn't be surprised if they swooped in on this one. But uh, somebody's got to save Square from itself. Uh, that's my opinion. Again, that's just my opinion. But somebody's got to save Square from themselves. Otherwise, when the Final Fantasy fourteen train runs its course, and just like all MMOs, MMOs do at some point, and they start to lose that revenue, Piece by piece, Square is going to be in a really tough spot with the decisions they're making right now, Steel. That's just my opinion. Are you there? Steel, did we lose Steel? Did we lose Steel? Steel's gone from his chair, folks. That's right. It is now the Pong Soul Show. Chat. Yeah, my fault. Thought you heard me say. Thought you heard me say right. I'll be right back. No, I didn't. No, I didn't. Sorry. (laughs) I was was in the middle of my speech. (laughs) I was going to go into the, go ahead and hit the the restroom real quick. Hit the Um, But, yeah, I I mean, I I definitely definitely agree. I had the headset. Um, um, But yeah, no, I, I definitely agree, man. Uh, something has to happen. Sony, Sony needs, definitely needs to go ahead and put a ring on it. Um, I don't see it going necessarily else. It'd be funny if somebody like uh, a Tencent ended up sliding on in there and say, hey, Sony, how about you pay us now? Um, I, I think that would be kind of hilarious. It would also kind of show me that Tencent is a little bit more serious than maybe even we thought, because everybody's thinking that it's going to um, immediately be Sony that signs that gets them wrapped up, and that's where they're going to be at. But what if it is Tencent that does? Going to open a lot more questions, and then people are going to ask, "Well, what happened to my exclusives now?" Oh, uh, but it's, gonna, it's definitely going to be really. Um. Oh, you keep you drop this up. Uh, Assassin's Creed Infinity. Uh, welcome to Persia, and they're seemingly doing Prince of Persia better than Prince of Persia itself. Um, <laughs> but from there, uh, since we're talking about Tencent and everything, we can go ahead and get into the conversation uh, with Tencent and getting more invested into Ubisoft, which also opens up some additional discussion about where we potentially think Ubisoft could be. Steel. Yeah. What's I up? don't know if you can hear me. I can't hear, hear me. I can't hear you now. You, you can. Okay. Yeah. I can't hear my headphones are going crazy. I'm going to have to jump out and jump back in. Okay. Go ahead. It's the only way to fix it. Okay. I've had this happen. Sorry, man. No, you're good. Go ahead. Uh, so you, you, you guys get a little, uh, me action here. Yeah. I'm split. Like, over here, ah, right. it'll be all right. We'll wait for Pawn. We'll wait for Pawn to get back. Um, I'll talk to some people in the chat real quick as we back, just so we can keep things a little normal, just a little bit. Uh, what you guys talking about in chat here? I could ten cent buy anything worth a dollar. Oh, you crazy! You you're wilding, Tim. All right, well, I, let's go. Let's just go ahead and continue that conversation. Um, but yeah, Tencent is getting more invested. Yeah, I'm double steer, double steer. Tencent is getting more invested. If, I, if I'm over here, uh, <laughs> it's the real steel. 
This is funny. Uh, let me see. Well, let's do this. I'll take this time to say, hey, I am literally living split screen right now. That That is completely true. I am literally split screen. Um, two different sides and everything. But I will take this time to say, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, if you are still tuned in here, please hit that like button, share us out um, towards the end. Leave us a comment. Let us know how we did today other than those slight troubleshooting that we've had to do today. Uh, but um, you stupid. <laughs> other than a slight issue that we ended up having today, uh, let us know how we're doing on the audio side of things, please. Um, also, give us a rating if you'd like. Uh, that it definitely helps out. Uh, Silent Cypher says a steal within a steal. Steal Inception. Um, hey. Hey. Left, the left side steal. Right side steal. Two, two different interesting persons. People, I should say. Sorry. <laughs> persons. <laughs> oh, trying to get that coffee to kick in. Uh, Google Post says Tencent buying in on Square and Ubi means they know they're buying... They know they're being sold soon. That could be possibly what that means, man. Uh, that definitely could be. Definitely, definitely potential of that. Uh, but yeah. With Tencent seemingly a... <laughs> with Tencent... Seemingly... I'm over here waving to myself and everything. Uh, seemingly investing more into Ubisoft... Um, it does open up the conversation a little bit more about uh, the potential of what Ubisoft is running into um, and whether what this kind of means for the, the betterment of the industry, if it does. Left side steel has way more hair. He does. Right side steel is uh, he's the bald guy. He's, he's super bald. Like the whole thing is bald. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> um. Google says he's just not sure if it'll happen. Anything, see, that's the other thing the, the Microsoft deals have kind of introduced is that we, we ne never know what could happen. How's it sounding now, Punk? You hear me? Bro, yeah, it's been randomly happening, and I don't know what the hell it is. It sounds like aliens are coming through my headset. It's like all static, and it's like... Sounds like a surface... Sounds like your surface device says you needs an, it needs an upgrade too. I don't know. <laughs> you headphones or some shit, man. I don't know what's going on. Sorry about that, chat. Sorry, see you. Uh, oh no, you're good. You're good. Yeah. Uh, I was trying. I was trying to. I, I think I need to come up with a screen that covers that because it was kind of weird. People were going back and forth saying that I'm double steel. <laughs> um, <laughs> steel versus the real steel. Uh, I told you he's trying to he's trying he's trying to take over the show, folks. I'm telling you, this is what's happening. Um, oh, it's not man. picking up your mic either. Well, it's not. It doesn't have your mic set. Uh, the actual device itself. Hmm. Okay. I just let you know. Um. Well, we can adjust that as we go. It it, it may be all right now, but. Okay. Sounds like it's adjusting. Now. There you go. There it is. Is that better? Okay. All right. Even though you got a you got a hell of a delay now for some reason. <laughs> 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 
Yeah, it's like it's like by the time you say it, it's coming. It's coming out way late. Oh, cool. All right, awesome. Is so, that any better now? Um, it sounds like it's no. tr- it's trying. It sounds like it's trying to catch up. Go ahead, speak hey. again. Hello, hello. Testing, testing. One, two, one, two. Yeah, it's 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 catching up. That's really that's so weird. <laughs> what the- it's yeah, it's working now. <laughs> That is so oh, weird. That is so oh, weird. Good God! It, All right, cool. Yeah, it's it's working. It's good. It's good now. Like it's uh picked okay. up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, okay. it's it's on point now. I don't know what that was. That's weird. Uh, so on the audio side, guys, please buckle in. Greatly appreciate you guys for sticking with us through this. Uh, we had some technical yeah. issues there. Again, when you're messing with different meeting apps and everything, and, and Zoom doesn't do, um, their free option doesn't have where you can have unlimited meetings. They had to make some money somehow, so they kind of So we've been using like Google Chat and Discord. Discord's been acting up. Um, or I probably just need to mess with it a little bit to get the settings right, but either here or there. Uh, but before we had all the issues and everything, we were talking about Tencent investing more into uh, um basically becoming a major stakeholder, right? If I'm not mistaken. All right on that, Paul? That is correct. They want to become a major stakeholder. Uh, right now, uh, Yves Guillermo and the Guillermo family uh, own 15% of the stocks as the majority. Um, and uh, Tencent has approached them. They own 5%, and they have approached the Guillermo family to buy a portion of their stake. And they also said that there's probably going to be some public stake that they're also going to buy um, in order to get to that majority and uh, they're offering up to uh, uh, over $100 per share uh, for this, which is way above premium, way above premium. Yeah, no, it, it definitely is. Uh, so it sounds like it may be giving some, uh, some audio issues again. You lagged a little bit there, but if anything, we'll just uh, restart the hang. But uh, we'll, we'll roll with it. Uh, you, it sounded like you came in on point. Uh, but with the with that happening, it does definitely lead up to a possibility. I know we've had conversation before where Xbox could potentially invest into them. Um, it'd be rolled as part of that. Um, we had conversations that EA EA and Ubisoft could potentially combine together um, and become a force of their own. Uh, actually, they could become the new kind of like Activision in in a lot of ways. Uh, or maybe even Sony. Um, but then for Tencent to kind of come out of nowhere, and at this point, um, I heard you make this point, uh, I heard you say this point, um, to basically make them an offer that you can't refuse, right? Um, it's, at a, it's at a level to where, I know the Guillermo family said that they didn't want to sell or they didn't want to make sure they wanted to maintain. Or, but at this point, money does talk. And at a certain level, Gone through a lot of scrutiny. I have a lot of issues. Going. Um, quality of your IPs has kind of faltered over the years, and who needing wanting to make sure that you have the investment or the funding available to make sure that you can bring Avatar to life, uh, Pandora the game, uh, new iterations of Assassin's iterations uh i'm gonna do tom clan tom clan 
uh, any anything else, a division or anything else that you currently have within your house uh, or your IP stable, want to kind of start seeing that turn around, right? I would love to see like Bandai, Namco kind of level turn, where we saw the numbers from them this year also. They've seen greater numbers than they have ever seen in a while. Uh, mostly, I, let's give it up the from software and Elden Ring for that. Elden Ring has turned numbers for them, doing really well. So at this point, it's one of those things where they want to solidify that they want to solidify that they can get get good quality games out. And I don't know if Tencent initially has that same mind, mainly because I personally don't know whether Tencent cares about gaming in that. I know Tencent cares about money, but I don't know if they care about gaming, which could be a which could be a very negative aspect. But Tencent also uh, owns Warframe at this point. If not, they have basically major share in the war. And that game has done nothing but improve. And one of Warframe's biggest issues, especially early on, because uh, I saw some people kind of mentioning, hey, free-to-play games are doing better than $70 games. Like, well, Warframe took a long time to get with that right now. So eh, that's kind of different. And then for a long time, also, Warframe was having problems getting funding to put out their expansions and get a good kind of, what's the word for it? A good cadence. And here recently, they've kind of found that. Now, could that be because of Tencent? And if that is because of Tencent, then now I would have to, I would have to believe that Tencent isn't stupid and they actually know what's going to end up going on. Uh, the stream title is terrible, but infinitely better than it would have been with their old name. Shout out to you, Asa. Yeah, I couldn't think of anything else at the time, and Paul said it was fine. So I, I just rolled with it. Uh, <laughs> I, can always, I can always change it to something different. Um, I thought it was a good play on work, but I'm not here to be. Definitely give me some uh, some suggestions there, but... Oh, um, are you are you good? Are you coming through clear now? Is everything everything working? It, it keeps coming back, but uh, I think I've switched up the plugs and stuff, and we'll see if this works. So we'll see what happens now. So I'm fine right now. Okay, I mean, it looks like you're fine right now. Uh, yeah, I, I I got rid of the uh, I got rid of the Logitech app too. So if I sound a little bit different, that's why. So, but uh, right. yeah, I'll just keep it off for now, so we don't have that delay going on. Hey, a little bit, up, but it seems like it's fine now for the part. Uh, but. I mean, how do you feel about this whole Tencent play, investing more into Ubisoft? Do you think they're going in for more of like a hostile takeover situation? Are you kind of unsure still whether Tencent has a true investment in the gaming industry? Or like in my example, I mean, we see it with Warframe. Warframe is in, has done nothing but prosper since they've had that backing from Tencent. So what can you expect from out of this? And does this lead you to change needing to happen or what do you think uh well again i've made my views clear on tencent i don't want chinese influence in any way shape or form um as far as yeah as far as this gaming industry goes now 
Again, I'm all for, you've also heard me promote that there's a ton of talent coming up in China. And obviously we've seen some incredible games starting to come from China, developers themselves. So this isn't a slander against the Chinese developers or any people over there. They don't get to decide who their government is, okay? But their government, when it comes to big giant corporations like Tencent, has their hands in there, okay? That That is where the problem is. Information gathering, um, you know, stealing our information for the Chinese government, that's all a part of all major corporations from China because they all goes back to the Chinese government does not allow somebody to be a corporation without their approval, which means that they have their hands in everything. Now, the thing with Tencent is, is that, we don't know what their end goal is here, Steel. We see them investing money into companies like Epic, um, you know, Ubisoft, which we're talking about now as a 5% stake, but now they're going for majority. We've seen them buy some smaller developers and seemingly allow the developers just to do better things, right? To, to produce you know better games like you were talking about. We've seen some improvement in some games and that kind of stuff. So right now, it seems pretty innocent. But we don't know what's happening in the background, and we don't know that at any point, because they have their hands in so many different places, if they decide to flip the switch, things could get nefarious real quick. And that's my problem with this, is that they can't be trusted overall. Now, I could take them at face value, but that's like saying I take the Chinese government at face value. I don't, okay? I don't, okay? I I just, I can't. So... I don't like this. I don't like this at all. Ubisoft does need a new direction. Ubisoft, now, again, I don't think the Guillermo family is going to sell their stake or a portion of their stake without retaining control. But who's to say that Tencent doesn't wake up one morning and decide that everything needs to change? And at that point, what's stopping them? Absolutely nothing. Hold on for a second. I want to take a minute for it to pick up. Uh, no, I can't hear you now. Yeah, it's, uh, it, it's not pulling up your uh, I don't hear your audio. There you go. Now. Talk again. Talk again. Hello. There you go. There you go. Okay. All right. Sorry, folks. Sorry, audio listeners. Again, I don't know. Whatever. Um, So, you know, for me, that's the reason why I don't like this. Ubisoft definitely needs some help. Um, I just don't like them being the ones being the decision makers at any of these companies or even having the potential to take over any of these companies. And Tencent has enough money in the bank to do so. So that's what always scares me about this. I, you know, Phil's brought this up before with Apple and Google not wanting them to jump into this industry because they don't really understand what's going on. Um, Amazon as well. Um, and he wants people who understand the games industry. Now, I know Tencent has been around for long enough that they do understand the games industry, but at the same time, with who's behind them, I don't like it still at all. Um, Ubisoft is in trouble. Uh, they, well, okay, let's not let's not get overboard here. They're not in trouble per se. Like they could make changes tomorrow, 
and really slim down their business, which is going to cost a lot of people their jobs because I think that they're bloated at 20,000 plus employees right now. Plus they have the internal HR problems, which for some reason the media continues to ignore that have not been fixed. I've seen a couple of articles here and there recently showing that people within Ubisoft still believe that the problems have not been fixed. And in fact, they had a petition that was originally signed with a list of demands from Ubisoft management of certain changes the employees want to see happen. Well, those changes have not happened. And 25% of the people on that list have now left the company. That's a problem. You're bleeding talent on top of things. Um, from a game standpoint, they've lost direction. Um, like I said, with Square Enix, they are floundering in this kind of new industry. They keep chasing the golden. Uh, they they keep chasing the pot of golden coins um, with all these games as a service types games and all this kind of stuff. Instead of focusing on what makes them really great, which is their Assassin's Creed franchise, um, which is their Far Cry franchise. Yes, we got new games from those franchises. I'm not saying they're ignoring them, but are they keeping up with the standards or are they just simply getting bigger to get bigger? That's the real question. Now, Valhalla sold extremely well. It's a high-quality product. I will not take that away from Ubisoft. The quality that they get out of their studios is incredible, okay, because they have so many people working for them. They're one of the only publishers in the world right now that don't really use support teams because they already have so many uh, support teams underneath their umbrella that they don't need to go outside very often. Now they do contract some people. Um, you know, three bit has been open about the fact that he worked for them on a couple of their games. Um, and he's a member of this community. He, he was contracted, but they have bastardized the Tom Clancy name. They have taken what Tom Clancy may was and turned it into something completely unknown. Now we have a sign that Splinter Cell is coming back as a reboot, and they're saying all the right things when it comes to that, so I have my fingers crossed. It's just what I'm pointing out here is there's a lot of unknowns with Ubisoft now. It's not like the old days when you got an Ubisoft game, you knew exactly what you're going to get. I love Ubisoft games. They're my fast food of video games. I know that I'm not going to the finest restaurant when I buy a Ubisoft game, but I know damn well that I'm going to get something good when I buy an Assassin's Creed or Far, Far Cry. But things like Destiny 2, or Destiny 2, oh my God, Division 2. Division 2, they let die on the vine steal, even though it had a resurgence after they simply did a next-gen, current-gen patch. That's all they had to do in numbers of resurgence of players. And then they all of a sudden decided, oh, we got all these plans for it. And then they just let them all die. And they went back to their normal selves again. Um, we've got Heartman supposedly coming out for Division. But that's being turned into something that the Division 2 was not. Again, Ubisoft has lost its way. And I don't think Tencent buying in is going to help them find their way in this industry right now. They're going to have to figure out that on their own, kind of like EA did. Now, EA got lucky. They got Zempella, Vince Zempella and Vince We Trust, um, and he's showing them a different way, and they've seemingly taken – you know, they've taken that advice or they've seen the success and said, okay, yeah, we're going to start doing more of this. We're doing single player games. We're hearing they have a couple Marvel IP, one being Black Panther, the second one possibly being Iron Man, both supposedly going to be single player games. We'll see. But they've seemingly learned their lessons. Ubisoft has to learn their lesson now, too. The only thing Tencent will do is will prevent a hostile takeover steal. 
That's all it will do. They fought off one hostile takeover back in the past. Tencent will protect them from another hostile takeover. But what happens if that hostile takeover is internal now? What happens if that hostile takeover is Tencent? Um, and what happens if they come in, chop up Ubisoft, start selling it off, or decide to go a different direction? That's the that's my worry. It's not like a Microsoft or Xbox buying them, which I'd never thought was going to happen because I don't right. think Microsoft wants to take on 20,000 employees. I, I just don't. Um it's not like somebody like that that you know is going to be a good caretaker. There's too many unknowns with Tencent. That's why I have a problem with it. I just don't like it. I don't like it at all, Steel. Uh, no, for sure. Yeah, you are getting a little bit of um, a little body there for sure uh, on the voice and everything. So you want to try to just uh, a little bit. Just wanted to let you know. Uh, some people mentioned that in chat, but no, I hundred percent, I hundred percent agree with. You. And there's no telling which way, which direction this is going to end up going, which is unfortunate in a lot of ways but i guess we'll end up finding out what ends up happening sure um let's see what else we got here some of this list here uh was there any other major things that we kind of wanted to touch on today uh some little little things here uh naraka blade point uh got its story gameplay or campaign mode uh so definitely check that out uh, Naraka Blade Point is currently still in Game Pass. Uh, give it a run. See if it's for you. Again, um, I've had a fun time with Naraka. I have put it down over the last like a week or so because I have been playing games again. Get through that backlog and get out of the way. Um, but definitely check that out. I heard that's actually been pretty cool. Um, there's another article that was written by Windows Central where it says players in the U.S. are spending less money on games than last year. Uh, which makes 100% sense, man. Just to touch on this really quickly, of course they are. Everybody's spending less money for the last couple of years. Why? Because things are getting some form of normalcy. I mean, now we are hearing this whole thing with monkeypox, and that's kind of looked nasty, and we don't know what direction that's going to end up going. Uh, so definitely be on the lookout for that and take care of yourselves and everything. But everybody's getting back to a form of normalcy, man. So yeah, those numbers are going to fall off. And we, me and Paul talked about this last week. Uh, there are going to be certain people who are either going to be invested or they're not. Not everybody's meant to be a gamer every day. There are some people who put it down for a week and jump back in and whatever the case. So, and that's not everybody's, may not be everybody's main hobby. We blatant, we've seen that over the years. I think the market is kind of tapped out of well, they're trying to read while well, we're trying to reach 3 billion people because it's kind of been the case. Now we are earlier on in the generation reaching more people overall, which is the positive note because before this all happened, their estimates weren't as high, weren't that high. We've seen Phil come out and say, hey, Game Pass is doing better than we, what we expected. So any number that comes out now, I have to think that it's kind of beyond expectation. Now, if a company like, for example, Sony, which they did, and some of the articles that we talked about last week, come out and say, oh, well, we were expecting it for it to be higher. How were you expecting for it to be higher? Are you not paying attention to what's going on throughout the world? You know the United, you know the United States don't care about anything else that's happening outside of the United States. So if it's only U.S., what made you think more so U.S. because that's we're the biggest consumers? But if it's mostly U.S., what made you think that things weren't going back to normal? 
more people have been outside in the last nine months than there were previously. Whether it was over technically or not. People have been outside, man. Where have y'all been at? If you were expecting for it just to continuously skyrocket the way that it had. Oh. There's also information out there saying that, hey, the, pan the pandemic was the, one of the greatest things that could have happened for gaming. Although, unfortunately, it did, I mean, unfortunately, it's an unfortunate event. Not to say that it was, it needed to happen, but it did help. It's business. So that's kind of, that's kind of the be of, of expectation. Players in the U.S. spending less money on games. Doesn't seem like Oh. Anything you want to touch no. on that real quick? No, this is a return to it, it. They knew this was going to happen. Nobody had, again, analysts um, use history uh, to kind of, you know, look back and it's kind of, you know, obviously see patterns and that kind of stuff. There was no pattern for what happened over the past three years, right? There's, there's nothing to show um, the analysts and, and the experts, quote unquote, what could happen after we kind of came out of everything and people started getting back to the norm. The industry saw unprecedented growth uh, throughout a terrible time in the world. Like it was one of the few industries uh, that saw that happen. So uh, everybody was really writing articles saying, well, there's probably going to be some return to the mean, right? Back to what it was prior to what happened in the world. But that was the interesting question was how many people that jumped into gaming maybe for the first time in their lives or, you know, increased their playing their normal one, two hours a week play time. Now all of a sudden they were playing 10, 15, 20 hours a week due to being locked at home. How many of those people were going to stick around? And I think some of the numbers that we saw were expected as far as a drop-off in spending, especially now, again, as we talked about earlier, Steel, with the recession going on, of course, some of that is going to have an effect on top of people just doing other things that they did prior to the world shutting down. So I think that this is all a combination of that, but the numbers themselves weren't over the top. It wasn't like we saw this cliff looming. It's more of a gradual slide or return back to closer to what it was. But I think that the exciting part is, is there's still signs that a lot of the people that found gaming are sticking with gaming. And I think that that's big for this industry right now. And I think that that continues to prove why these companies so heavily started investing into acquisitions and into talent and putting out more content, more entertainment, and obviously the subscription services, that is going to lend credibility to their decisions. And I think that, that we're just going to continue to see that. We're not going to see all of a sudden these companies like Microsoft, like Sony, um, you know, pull back and say, whoa, 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 wait, maybe we are uh, leaning too heavy into gaming. Maybe we need to withdraw a little bit. No, I think they're going to continue the path that they've already started. And I think that they're going to hope um, that a lot of the, the people that are sticking around in the gaming world will continue to do so and that they can go ahead and get back to picking up some new people as well along the way as far as a customer base goes. So I think, I, I you know, again, you never want to see a decline, but I think this was really expected. And I don't think that any of the big wigs, you didn't see, 
you didn't see stock prices drop dramatically or anything like that after these announcements. I think it was kind of expected at this point that we were going to see something like this eventually. And I think that that, that's all it is. I think it's pretty norm right now. And I think that there's still, like I said, I, I personally, I was expecting bigger drops. Uh, I, I, you know, especially summertime thrown in there as well. Uh, I just, you know, that means that people are still sticking this out and that entertainment, this form of entertainment is still important to people. So um, I think overall it was a decent, uh, decent numbers, even if it is a drop off. So I'm having problems again, Steel. So we might. Yeah. I mean, it, it is what it is. Well, we'll, we'll rock it out. We'll rock it out for the rest. Um, uh, we're really just touching on smaller topics. We're we're kind of running it down, so it's all good. Um, another thing too, we touched on a little bit earlier was that the latest Xbox game development kit improves RAM for games on Xbox Series S. We touched on it a little bit earlier when I was talking about the importance of the Series S and what it actually means. Uh, and yes, uh, <laughs> on my version of Multiverses. Um, I didn't have the regular Wonder Woman. I had Thickiana, um, that is the thick version of Diana, um, otherwise known as Wonder Woman. Who given she was definitely given that pressure. She, she looks better like that, at least per, to me personally. Uh, but now nah, I've changed Wonder Woman to uh, Guts from Berserk. So, but uh, yeah, so the Xbox Series S is um, improves the RAM and everything for. Uh, well, at least how much RAM is allocated for gaming and everything. So that's another plus. Again, the further we move into this generation, the more we're going to see additional benefits to um our current systems. If you think that the Xbox Series X is at its final form, you're way off base. There's going to be games that come out two, three years from now, specifically made for this console after they've had some time with it, because it's going to take a couple years for them to really adjust. Um, and also, I think Unreal again, the Unreal Engine. Um, when we get that first look at Gears Five, maybe Hellblade, uh, is going to really show us what the potential of these consoles are and what we can see to expect. And if at that point we are still getting some, because at that point we shouldn't be getting any more games that are 30 FPS. Um, again, if the dev decides to do it that way, it is what it is. I can't say, hey, devs, you shouldn't do 30 FPS. You hear people like Todd Howard. Bethesda, one of the biggest game companies around, or game devs around, say that, hey, uh, 30 FPS is worth it if it's for, for the uh, visual quality. And I don't agree. Other ways that you can get that, that visual quality in there. But I do think around that time, that's when we're going to really start seeing that fall off of 30 FPS games and more so really focusing in and hone on 60 FPS because I know that word of mouth and everything, once people start seeing and feeling it, more so that you know that 100 and 200 million console base once they start feeling that they're gonna want to definitely head towards that way not the 40 fps yes people were um talking about steam deck and um halo infinite it has some additional updates coming uh i'm not gonna speak on cross core visor customization that is Whatever. Um, that's kind of whack to me. I mean, it is what it is. It's a start. Sounds like they're getting things honed in. They're getting some things to work. Now they just need to get the rest of the customizations to work. Uh, let all cores be cross-customization uh, no matter what. If you want a certain look for the Spartan, that's fine. If you want to separate it out like that because it's different armors, but at least let me put different like padding and everything uh, on those different armor types. Uh, I think that would be really 
well, and it'd be another way to really swap it up and switch switch things. Um, we've also got more information about Forge this week. Um, there's uh, we saw some people kind of demonstrate the capabilities of Forge. Um, those are definitely some things I would suggest for people to, uh, to check out. Uh, Halo Infinite Forge, you can check it on YouTube. Uh, there's plenty of content there. People going into it. Uh, this Forge is definitely looking to be exactly what I've kind of been hammering on about here, what I've been beating on my chest about here, uh, where it's really going to put the design of... It's going to put the, the future design of Halo directly in the consumer's hands. And I think that that's what their overall goal was. Maybe, no, that's not an excuse for why we don't have content, but if they're doubling down on, and from everything that I've seen, this is the most expansive forge that I've ever witnessed in my life. The amount of things that you're able to change, like you're literally, it's literally Roblox, Minecraft level type of things that you'll be able to do. Again, creating games within games. Uh, I think this is definitely going to, you can feel however you want to about it, but I can't knock 343 for putting this much effort into Forge and still say, oh, they're lacking. They, they should be the one making these maps because they could also be the ones to say, hey, let's not give them all the tools so they can do these things. And if it's a 10-year, if it's a game that's a 10-year plan, at some point, especially if you're the one experiencing the issues obviously need more time then why not put all your and that's what it seems like to me at least why not put all your effort in the forge get that out make sure it's running as intended and then double down on everything else after that because from there the community is going to the community is going to feed it people who don't who say they're not halo fans or whatever it's going to take one person be like hey man come play my map hey man let's go we we community game night hey man uh it's going to take one map to become part of the normal rotation. And it's going to change everything. Um, everybody's going to look at things differently. Everybody's going to have a lot of options. People, a lot of creative people out here, especially in today's day and age of, that's the one thing that I will give Roblox and Minecraft props for. It has, has these younger kids all looking at different ways to create modern modern versions of like of a squid game within their own game or uh friday like friday the 13th i saw some people doing some things like that in halo um making it real spooky and scary and there's so there's so many things that they can add on to this imagine what red versus blue could do that rooster they could finally they've always like made it to that I don't know if people probably are familiar, uh, but they've been kind of red versus blue. If you guys are familiar with that, um, but they take the Halo Fours and they basically out stories from that, uh, which is super dope. So now they have more options. There's just so many other things that could, so many other aspects other than hey, we don't have maps right now that this is going to answer for, and hopefully. This leads Halo on the right path. This point forward, after we get this Forge update and co-op, the next thing we'll hear, I think is going to be story content, uh, the campaign. Now, we probably won't hear nothing about that until the summer, 
of next year. But I do think that that's going to be the very next thing. Because at that point, I mean, you can kind of put things out at your own pace. Again, not an excuse for them. But everything that I'm seeing out of Forge has me excited. Uh, the potential of it is ridiculous. I just I don't have much else to say other than that, man. Um, Kong is a casual Halo fan. You got anything else that you want to throw on top of that? Yeah, no, just watching some of the people create. Um, was watching a guy the other night, and absolutely, absolutely incredible uh, what they're able to do. This Forge, like you said, Steel, it's, it's again, if there's something that's going to come from 343, it's the advancement of Forge. And I think that that's the big thing here is that they've learned so much. Like, again, I've never been a Forge guy. Again, casual Halo fan. Shocking, I know. But listen, I've listened and talked to people who have been Forge people and that have enjoyed that or have gone and played tons of custom games from Forge. And what they've done here is they've just reiterated uh, or, or just gone back and looked at how can we give more and more tools to our creative community because there are so many people that absolutely love getting down and dirty, like you said, with a game and being able to put their own unique thoughts into a map or into a certain style of gameplay or whatever the case may be. And each time they've come out with a new forge, that's the one thing that keeps getting better and better. And I think that this one right here is going to be the pinnacle of all forges from what I watched this guy doing the other night. And he's one of those people that have been into forge for a very long time. It's absolutely insane. And he was doing it on the controller steel because people were asking him, are you using keyboard and mouse? And he's like, no, honestly, I'm just using the controller and how easy it was and how accessible it seemed to be was insane to me. Now, obviously, he's got a lot of experience in Forge, but just how he was manipulating the different objects within the map, how he was creating different lighting um, within the area, and he had this whole kind of spooky tone going on. He goes, actually, this would be a really good map for a horror-type level. Listen, if they're going to be able to get in there, and they're going to be able to do scripting, and they're going to be able to get down with all these different aspects of the game in Halo Infinite, you're right. The sky's the limit for what's going to come out of this and there are so many people that have such big ideas that nobody knows about and i always go back to bethesda because they've embraced their modding community and what the modding community has done for games like fallout and for skyrim is absolutely insane and we've seen to a certain extent that same thing happen with halo uh, ever since they introduced Forge. But this Forge, to your point, Steel, may give these people the absolute tools necessary to come up with ideas that we have never seen before and implement them and then give them to the rest of the Halo community. And the next big thing might come out of Forge. Again, we saw things like Griffball come out of the old Forges. What happens when you expand the tools even more? All of a sudden now people come up with a whole new mode that starts out as this small little project, turns into this big project, and next thing you know, people start streaming it. They start inviting their friends, and all of a sudden it becomes all the rage on the internet and all of a sudden halo infinite everybody's got to jump back into it to play this mode or this map or whatever the case may be and i think that is the secret sauce to a lot of what's missing right now out of halo infinite that this yes 343 is eventually going to have the content i've said that from day one 
disappointed as the community is right now, as many problems as people have pointed out, as many criticisms have been leveled at 343, Jason and the team over there are going to eventually get things right in that ship, and they're going to be putting out regular content. But in the meantime, Forge has the potential to fill all those spots that are missing right now and really give the community something to get excited about and jump back into Halo Infinite. Because again, like I said, with a game like Halo, it's never going to be dead. Okay, there's sure there's going to be time periods like now where maybe not as many people as they would like to see are playing Halo Infinite. But as soon as some new content comes out, whether it's direct from 343 or whether it's from the community through Forge content. Three, four, yeah, Halo Infinite's going to burst back into life again. It's always simmering. It's always simmering. In the minute you throw, it's always got sparks underneath, right? It may not be a full-fledged blaze right now, but it's always got the sparks there. All it takes is somebody to throw a bunch of leaves on there, and the thing's going to burst into flames again. And everybody's going to be jumping back into Halo Infinite to experience it. So, again, that's the exciting part for me as just somebody, as a casual Halo fan, just outside looking in. Who knows? Somebody might create a mode that grabs my attention that i have to go play halo infinite i'm like yes this is freaking amazing right now like that's the potential that's there and that's what i see coming out of this so uh i'm excited i can't wait till they drop this thing finally um and get it into the hands of everybody because what we're seeing now and some of these are supposedly old builds of forge like are, is absolutely mind-blowing what people are going to come up with. Like I said in a tweet uh, that I responded to uh, you know, 3-Bit on when 3-Bit put something out about Forge. At the end of the day, if these Forge tools are exactly what people are showing, I just saw one the other day where somebody uh, created basically like a Frogger level. Yeah. With, 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 yeah, uh, it was crazy. Listen, if the Forge is what they're saying it is right now from what we're seeing, we could have – unlimited amounts of styles of game. Somebody created the PT, recreated PT into Halo Forge. Like, bro, you're traveling through the PT levels in a Spartan. We could have God of War Halo. We could have, uh, we could have Halo, you know, Halo Fall Guys. We could have Halo everything just simply because Forge is such a great set of tools. Bro, it's looking great right now, man. I can't wait. Yeah, um, real quick, I got some smoke to throw because this is re- this bothers me because people do it with other games too. Um, unfortunately, it is what it is. This I'm um, let me talk about God of War for a second here. Um, somebody put out a post saying, "Hey, check this out!" Especially all the YouTubers who think God of War is a button master with QTEs after only playing for forty minutes, and then um, he's showing the diversity of the combos and everything. Go ahead, retweet. Uh, but you show the diversity of combos and everything and saying, hey, the axe recall animation is pure fire. But everything that he's displaying in, in this gameplay is stuff that you don't unlock until almost beating the game. So, that, I, I don't know. From my experience as somebody who's put, uh, again, this is a slight side tangent. There's nothing to do with nothing. Uh, but from my experience as somebody who's put 10 hours into the game, somewhere around there, the combat in God of War is nothing special. It it does nothing for me. I I understand why people are into it, um, but try to combat the again. It's like you're trying to fight the one and done conversation. Sure, you're gonna have combos going into your next playthrough, uh, but I can also we can also be honest with each other and say, hey, 
first 10 hours of the game, you're doing the same moves over and over again to the two different enemies. That doesn't feel fun. It doesn't feel like there's variety there. Um, not saying it's button mashing. I never believe any of these games are button mashing. Uh, but God of War does have a lot of cutesy. And uh, it is very samey a lot of the time to me. But again, uh, God of War is a, a fantastic looking game, well put together. And it, God of War is all about the presentation, Steel. That's what it's about. I mean, again, looking at all that stuff, oh, it's, the yeah, present- it's the presentation. It's the feel of the game. Yeah, exactly. It feels like you're in a movie. Like exactly. it feels like you're controlling the main character in a movie. That's where it earns all the praise it should get right. as that type of game. But again, is it doing anything outrageously new or anything like no but it's the presentation that that's all built into that puts it over the top for so many people and again i don't know i mean to your to your point why why do people keep to try keeping to def why do people keep trying to defend this game when it's obviously huge it's been highly successful i don't understand what the point is again you're trying to trying to defend your piece of plastic and it doesn't need to be defended the game speaks for itself it's done numbers obviously i think i believe that ragnarok is going to have more of a complex combat system there's again they introduce his fucking blades right but you look at it honestly there is a lack of combos coming from the original trilogy going into this but again we are more so focused on presentation just different right um and it's again i i just that i i saw this post and it just i i hate when people post stuff like that because these are the same people who say oh the game's only this long and then i cannot bridge the spirits can't bridge the spirits for an example people saying it was four hours long and then i'm in the game for almost 20 hours on uh plowing hard so it's like but well, whatever that was slight side tangent anyway um the last thing that I think I want to touch on here personally uh, that I does have a lot of interest in is the rumor uh, from Drev, uh, Jeff Grubb mentioning that second Marvel single player game in development by EA um, who has seemingly after their Twitter post come to realize that uh, single player games do have some importance or that people do care about them after shooting themselves in the foot saying that, hey, she's a 10, but only likes playing single-player uh, EA. Yeah, okay. Uh, but apparently, well, a lot of people are thinking that this may be uh, an Iron Man game. And to me, the biggest reason why that makes sense is because they already have the asset. And it is unlike for a lot of companies, especially in this day and age, to not reuse assets in one way, shape, or form. Uh, we are seeing games like Exo Primal that are have some semblance to like Anthem, but obviously they don't have access to that same those same assets. So it's in their own engine. Whereas EA, since they have everything and every, and I'm pretty sure they're not stupid. Plenty of people probably in within their own meeting. Uh, Anyway, I guess that could be debated. Uh, but <laughs> uh, there has to be somebody in there who bla- who's telling them to, hey, we have another opportunity to kind of make up for where we lost here um, by turning Anthem into an Iron Man. If they 
put the right people behind it, make, give it a single player focus, give it the Guardians of the Galaxy treatment. Uh, you don't have to involve anybody else, but taking that original Iron Man game that came out some time ago that wasn't the greatest, reiterating on that, kind of remaking it in a lot of ways and putting it in that anthem of putting it in that, uh, that was a frostbite they used that too, right? Uh, cause that was part of the reasons they ran into a lot of issues that they were having. Uh, they should have used unreal for that. That, that game would have been crazy. Um, but yeah, I think the anthem, uh, I think this new Marvel game, I think it should be an Iron Man game. Um, who knows what it's actually going to end up being. I don't know if there was any real credence to them saying it. Hey, it is going to be that. Um, I didn't see any information about that. You're muted, Paul. Okay. There you go. All right. You're back? Okay. Yeah, uh, it was uh, Tom Henderson who actually said that he had heard that it was Iron Man, but he said he could not verify with any other sources. So take it with an extreme grain of salt. So Okay. So extreme grain of salt. I, yeah. To me, it makes the most sense. Uh, so that's why when you brought it up in the back, uh, it makes the most sense if it is an Iron Man game. Because, again, like I mentioned, why wouldn't you use those assets for a game that you canceled? Put all that work into it, the 2.0, I'd, I'd hope. Uh, you've canceled it, so who knows? But why put all that work into something and then just completely can it? Now, other games have had the same treatment, but I can guarantee you uh, those same other games have reused those same assets in other ways. So it does definitely get me excited for that. Um, as an Iron Man fan, uh, I'm a fanatic. I think the best movie out of the Iron Man series, um, out of the Iron Man, out of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, the MCU, is the first Iron Man movie. Uh, the first and second Iron Man movies, greatest movies uh, throughout the MCU. Other than uh, Black Panther. But, so I, it gets me super excited. Again, they put one of those out. Give me all the all the suits that are available. Um, give me a good story. The main thing is because Anthem didn't have any hand to hand combat. That I mean, it did with like um, that one javelin class it was like the green one, but it had more fast move. Iron Man is not like a fast moving character per se. I mean he. He can move quick, but he's not known for that. I would like to see something like a like a skill tree or something that kind of branches out your combat tree, so you could do different combos. Or maybe run up on an enemy, hit him with an uppercut, shoot a rocket at him, keep him there, fly up to him, hit him with a like a three piece combo or something, a couple fists, a kick, um, and then. You do a jackhammer down and shoot another rocket at him or something like that. Something that that's very intrinsic that really kind of relates to what you see in the movies. I think that would be really dope. That's one of that's this is definitely one of those games where they could benefit a lot, taking a lot of those ideas from movies and just adding on to them. Um, because I would want I would personally want this to be at least uh, a 40 hour experience. Will it be that? Who knows? But I think it'd be really dope. And it would be another way for them to kind of cash in on that Marvel bag right now, right? Uh, Iron Man is no longer currently in the MCU. Uh, 
of him leading the charge for what we know as the Marvel Cinematic Universe today. Uh, I think it'd be a right, a perfect way to get him right back into that conversation and also use what you already. Uh, how are you feeling about it, man? I heard you bring up some things. Again, yeah. you've mentioned it before. It's a perfect Iron Man simulator anthem was. Um, it's super unfortunate that they ended up canceling 2.0. Uh, but the next best thing that we have, Pong, is Exo Primal. And me and you are both super excited about that. That mayhem, yeah. you know, those dinos yeah. falling out that black hole. And Raptor. They just, oh, God. they yeah. freaking flooded that street. <laughs> yep. And they're like, come, like, that, that's some stuff that feels good, and those are some of the things I feel like Anthem missed out on also, giving you mm-hmm. those feelings. Uh, but how you feel about this, man? Do you think it's going to be an Iron Man game? Do you agree with me that they might as well use those assets and put them to work? Yeah, or... yeah of course. Yeah, no, absolutely, 100%, man. Uh, 100%, why not? Again, I'm just more excited that, again, EA seemingly is looking at putting out these single-player type games. Uh, again, Matt and I touched on this on PM and the PM, but you know they've taken on. We know for a fact they've taken on Black Panther, which is an IP that has to be handled with great care for a variety of reasons. And the fact that EA is willing to do that and gave it to their new studio, up and coming studio that they just put together, says a lot. And that the fact that they're willing to go out and get these licensed IP after they wasted Star Wars for ten years and really did nothing with it. Now that Zampella has shown them the way, seemingly showing them the way, the fact that they're willing to start putting out these licensed IP as single player content t- style games is what is what got me excited. Again, I'm not the biggest superhero guy anymore, so it is what it is. But could I see an Iron Man game come along that uses the Anthem, all the tech that they learned uh, by making Anthem? Absolutely, 100%. That was the first thing people started saying when they first showed the videos of Anthem was like, my God, is this Iron Man? Is this an Iron Man simulator? Because this is exactly what it looks like. If they go and do it right, Steel, and that they are now have seemingly found some type of quality control or that Lucas films now that they're licensing out all this IP and Disney now is saying, Hey, we can't just have the old days where you just slap anything together, slap the IP on there, the name on there, and then throw it out to the masses and it's garbage. We need to have quality because we don't want to tarnish our MCU reputation. That, that gives me hope steel that what we're going to get from black Panther and whatever this other IP is, again, it's a grain of salt that it's iron man, but whatever, whatever IP they've taken on, if the second game is real and grub grub said that he heard that they were are working on the second Marvel game. The, the hope is, is that they are going to treat this right, that they are going to put the time that they allowed Zampella and his team over at Respawn to put into Jedi Fallen Order and see that same success. Because the more success EA has, they're never going to stop doing what they've started to do, which is monetization. The sports games is a whole nother mess over there that got to be fixed. But they're not going to stop doing the games as a service. They're going to stop doing the monetization. But if they can find a balance where they put out quality single-player games again from different IP like this, man, I'm all for it. That That's what we still want out here in game land, right? We still want that. And so if this is the case, I'm happy, and, and I think it, it, it's a great opportunity. If it is Iron Man, 
100% it could be something special, and I can't wait to see what they do with it, if they use the Anthem technology. Like you said, you hope they're not stupid. You hope those stupid people are in charge, but at the end of the day, they still could be, but but if they're not, and they go use that Anthem tech, man, it could be one of the best Iron Man games we've ever gotten or seen. Uh, it really could be, so I can't wait. Yeah, basically. Um, I'm definitely excited. I'm definitely excited about that. Super interesting. So I uh, can't wait to hear more about that. Um, but that's kind of the final thing that I wanted to touch t- touch base on. Um, at least as far as like, what I have in my notes here. Uh, Paul, was there anything else that you uh, wanted? No, sir. We're good, man. I think we covered all of it. We okay. did a good job today. Sorry about all the technical problems, people. So yeah, we definitely had some technical issues today. Um, as soon as I showed my bald ass head, uh. End up having yeah. technical problems. I, I wanted you to show the bald head today, and look what happened. Look, I, I should have put the hat on. We would have been all right. See? Uh, uh, Derek Rutter real quick says, Anthem was a failure. Um, it did end up becoming a failure. Uh, yeah. Another one of those that had high promise, high hopes, uh, a lot of going into it, and it didn't fulfill its promise. All the potential in the world had they let Bioware, had they given Bioware the time and the money needed to finish that game properly. As as many people complain that they should not have wasted Bioware's talent. Look, Bioware's not the same company anymore, and they weren't the same company when they started Anthem, okay? They weren't the same devs there. It's a new team. It's a new era for Bioware. As As far as people that complain about them, you know, seemingly kind of forcing Bioware to do an Anthem style game. I think from what I played, and again, I went back, finished that game, put probably like 50 hours into Anthem. That game had all the potential in the world. Had they let Bioware do what they were going to do, build out the story, build out the content and giving them that time before pushing it out the door. I think that Anthem had that destiny type potential that it could have been really something special i still believe that to this day that's why i was excited for 2.0 i was all about them reviving that because again the the mechanics and everything involved was spot on all it needed was a story and it needed tons more content and i still think it could have been very successful for them but that's not what EA chose. Again, that was prior to Jedi Fallen Order. That was prior to all of that stuff. That was back when EA was seemingly lost like Ubisoft and just, you know, doing their thing. And they just, they killed that game themselves by forcing it out the door and saying, nope, you got to launch this now. And uh, that was the that was the major thing. Again, the promises, they hid a lot of the stuff. All that stuff was prior to the cyberpunk, you know, and stuff that happened later on with CD Projekt Red. They just did it wrong and they didn't give that game any oxygen to breathe whatsoever. So, yeah, no, it's, I definitely agree with you, Gogo. It was more fun than the average strike in Destiny. Yeah, man. I mean, because you have full control. You had, it was all, there's different levels. It was a lot, there was a lot of mix ups and not, not every encounter, although it was kind of the same, but you didn't have to approach this in a unique. Um, it's, it's messed up that they, but is what it is. Um, I think at this point, it's going to be the perfect opportunity to now get into our This Day in Gaming segment, um, otherwise known as Make Pong Feel Old, or like Pong wants me to do now, Make Us Feel Old, since and, I've hit that mark. Yeah, because you're not in your 20s no more. You're not in your <laughs> 20s still. Uh, Solid Cypher says, bald man's burden still, right? I'm right there with you. My bald head ruins everything. 
Uh, now nah, my ball head usually doesn't ruin everything. That's the thing. That's what's crazy. I was hoping there was going to be some extra mojo thrown in there today. Because uh, usually when I whip out the ball head, uh, things are start really rocking for me. I ain't gonna lie. Um, but yeah, maybe, maybe it's because it's not freshly shaved. I mean, it's clean, but it's not freshly. Shaved. Maybe that's what it is. Uh, while we ran it, but we are going to get to this this day of gaming segment where we go over 30 years of gaming history just kind of show you guys where we've come from to where we are today um and it's always on this day um and this day is going to be august 6th so let's get into it. what have we seen i guess anybody know anybody have any uh thing anything that sticks out to them Immediately that you can think of within the last 30 years that might have came out this day in game. Probably not. I can't remember. Uh, so today in this day in gaming, we are starting 37 years ago. Uh, so it's starting in 1985. Um, and this is starting with the NES releasing Ruaga no To, Japan. Ooh. Um, then in 1986, again, another classic, the Famicom Disk System, FDS, released Metroid in Japan. Wow. I haven't heard about Famicom in a long time. Wow. Um, I actually forgot about that. 1993 Game Boy release, Ranma One Half, Kaguki Mandu in Japan. I'm, I'm gonna assume that that's half. So one that one slash two, maybe. Uh, I'm gonna just half. Uh, Super Nintendo also released Secret of Mana in Japan. Uh, another one that a lot of people want to come back. One of the best RPGs, JRPGs from back in the day of all time. A goat for sure nice uh then 98 playstation released dragon seed not familiar with that one 99 uh the game boy color released uh the lady uh for the harvest moon 2 on the game boy color in Japan. then in the year 2000 pc released heavy metal f-a-k-k-2 or fat 2 uh, then in 2002, Game Boy Advance released Klonoa 2 Dream Champ Tournament. Uh, I think Klonoa just came back with the, I believe. Yes, sir, it did. Yep, uh, that was Klonoa. Then in 2004, Game Boy Advance released Rockman EXE 4.5 Real Operation. Rockman, otherwise known as Steel. Huh? Mega Man? You don't know. What? Yep. Yep. Really? Yep. See, if that's crazy that I just knew that off the top of my head. <laughs> yes, sir. That's crazy. Damn, I didn't I forgot about that Mega Man was called Rock. That's that's fucking crazy. Wow. I, and I just had that right there. Wow. Funny. I, I, I wasn't expecting that. Um, then in 2008, Xbox 360 released Braid. They're pretty fun. That's pretty cool. Yeah. That's pretty yeah. Cool. Really cool game. Uh nothing serious, but 
Uh, then in 2009, the DS released Blood of Bahamut in Japan. Uh, DS also released Aradzuki Pinko no Koi no Balloon Trip in Japan. Okay. Uh, a game about balloon trips. Uh, another classic here. PlayStation 2 released Carmen Rider Climax Heroes in Japan. Carmen Rider is a classic. Uh, Xbox 360 released Magna Carta 2. Another underrated JRPG. Still very expensive to pick back up on 360 as well. Yeah, yeah, they they want 40, 50 bucks for it right now. So I've been looking because I was going to pick it up again, but it's a great game. Uh, then in, uh, PlayStation 2 released SD Gundam G Generation War. Didn't jump into that. Uh, then PSP released Tales of BS. Then in 2015, uh, PlayStation 4 and PlayStation Vita released Gal. I don't know if this is going to be Gal Star Gun. Or Gal nope, Gun. Just Gal Gun. Just, Gal just Gun? pronounce it Gal Gun. Why would yeah, they Gal put Gun. that there? Some, uh, <laughs> Gal Gun Double Piece. Why do they do anything over there? Look at the titles that we get from over there. That's Come true. On, I mean, when you got a title like a Rodzuki Tenko No Koi No Balloon Trip, I, I guess you can't really get any work. <laughs> um, then in 2019, uh, yeah, PC released Age of Wonders Planetfall. Great game, great port to anybody looking for turn-based strategy game. Awesome, awesome game. I've got it. Uh, and they did a great job. Calypso, again, another oh, wow. one of my favorite publishers. Yeah, did a great job with the port to uh, console. Yep. Uh, then in 2019, Nintendo Switch released uh, This is one of those MMOs I got highly addicted to. Um, DC Universe Online. Uh, I still think we need a Marvel version of this game at some point. Yeah. Played it for a while. Kiddo loved it for a while, too. So I, I, I enjoyed it. It was a good yeah. time. Yeah. Uh, then Android released Gundam Battle Gunpla War. I'm a mobile guy, so this. Uh, PC released Metal Wolf Chaos. E. I don't think I jumped into that, though. 2020, Nintendo Switch released the world-renowned Drink More Glurp. I don't know if that's world renowned or Did not. You say world, world renowned. Yeah, <laughs> world, world renowned. It had to be you with know, a game like that. Drink more glorp. <laughs> with all the uh, sexy games they got on that Nintendo com. Not surprising. Oh, what's, could be what's something else. Speaking of what's the next one? Jesus, what is? Yeah, exactly. And then two thousand twenty-one Linux and PC released Plus Theory Season One. Yep, adult visual novel. I just looked it up to make sure. Yes, it is an adult visual novel. You take control of an 18-year-old guy whose life is turned upside down when he finds out that the same day is repeating. The game is packed with sex, humor, romance, drama, and mystery. Warning, this game features adult content and some content that users might find offensive. Yep, it is exactly what we thought it was. Oh, God. Uh, I mean, <laughs> I mean, look, ladies and gentlemen, you'll be really surprised uh, what mods for Skyrim are really doing their no. thing right now so um along with a lot of other games one of the first mods they get creative anytime there's any women in any games that's the real reason why guys want women gaming a lot of them uh not saying it's everybody but they just want to make them naked first that's why they want them on pc that's why pc guys want console games so they can make all the girls within their within those games naked that's why that's why they want them. um don't know why I don't get it i feel it physics are cool 
been an anime for a long time. There's a certain thing called fan service. Excuse me. Um, but hey, it is what it is. To each their own. Everybody has their own little. But with that being said, ladies and gentlemen, that was episode 67 of Living Split Screen. Um, I did see some people find their way out the door today. And I, again, I do want to thank you guys tuning in and sticking through with all the technical difficulties we ran into today. Uh, greatly appreciate that. Again, um, if you guys, please leave us a comment afterwards, leave us a rating on the audio side of things. Uh, it just helps with the algorithms, gets those numbers up. Again, we are on that road to 1K. If we get to 1,000, again, I'm going to I'm going to stream the entirety of Callisto Protocol um, so you guys can see me be scared like a little girl and jump all over the place because that's probably what's going to end up happening. With that being said, uh, again, I got a shout out to my brother from another for another amazing episode of Living Split Screen. Uh, with all the craziness that went through for me this week, uh, although it's been a little bit of a, be a better week mentally than anything, uh, it's definitely been ideal. But to sit here, um, sit with you, bro, catch up, because uh, because we haven't been able to really game like that here recently um, over the last few weekends, it's always a good time. Um, I, I can't, I couldn't think of a better place to be right now, other than if I was like at Universal Studios or something. I might be like, hey, you know. But <laughs> with that being said, ladies and gentlemen, uh, again, thank you all for tuning in to us today. Um, this was episode 67, and you can find me, Steel Rain, I, Steel Rain, I, the T is a seven everywhere. If it has a search bar, find it. If your console has a search bar, type it in, you'll find me. Your PC has a search bar, type it in. You'll find me. I'm not in your program files, though, so don't just type it in in your little search in Windows on your Mac device thinking you're going to find me in your program files. I'm not in that search. It has to be connected to the Internet through Googles or whatever whatever the case. Got to make sure. Uh, but, again, greatly appreciate you guys. You can find me also right here, 9 a.m. Central, 10 a.m. Eastern, and 3 p.m. U.K. time, living split screen, on console essential platform covering everything that's going on within the gaming industry. Throwing a lot of smoke in many different directions, but we always take that RTS view, pulling ourselves out of the world, checking the darker crevices of the map, pulling our resources together, and uh, building that foundation of building our community up and having those uh, intrinsic conversations and interesting conversations that really fuel our communities. Uh, and hopefully, uh, we'll end up reaching that 3 billion gamers that we're always on stride to try to reach point again want to pass it off to one of the most uncanny gentlemen that i know again the x-man who is not cyclops my brother Paul soul again i appreciate you being here with me on an amazing another amazing episode of living split screen uh we're not too far away from being two seasons uh, wrapped up in the hair. Our 100 episodes is going to be beautiful. Hopefully, 100 episodes with 1,000. Hopefully, we could be over 1,000, but at that point, it would be beautiful. But uh, either way, uh, nothing but grateful for you to be here, man, and uh, greatly appreciate you even through all the technical difficulties. <laughs> yeah, brother, I don't know how long my mic's going to last, so I'll wrap this one up short this week. Uh, you won't get the usual outro, but chat, thank you all for being here. We love you. Nothing but respect. Steel. You know what it is, brother, all love. I started off the show by giving you love, and I mean it. Uh, thank you for 
becoming one of my best friends in this community. Uh, just uh, again, no other place I'd rather be than right here with you. You guys know the drill. Pong Soul on Xbox, Pong Soul on Twitter. Of course, tonight, the shop podcast, PTK Blam, Fuzzy Belvedere, myself, and we're joined by the man in the chat right now, Mr. Silent Cypher, great member of this community. Be there 9 p.m. Eastern, 8 o'clock Central Time. Um, otherwise, next week, Tuesday's Xbox Factor Podcast. I probably won't be there this week, but again, drop in. It's boom. 12 p.m. Eastern, 11 o'clock Central Time. Double Barrel Gaming is always the place to be on Tuesdays. Thursdays, p.m. in the p.m. Pong and Mav in the p.m. Thursday night, 7 p.m. Eastern, 6 o'clock Central that's on fun speculations channel another two-man show listen we have a great time be there and then friday nights a fun speculations channel again for xbox ultimate we just celebrated 100 a 100th episode last night go check that out it was an awesome show we relived a lot of memories had a lot of laughs last night and we talked some game news too uh so otherwise appreciate you all sorry for the technical difficulties today don't know what the heck's going on. It's 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 Steel's bald head. Steel's bald head right now. And that's what we're gonna go that's with. What so, it is. That's what it is. Otherwise, love you all. It's the golden age of gaming. Get out there this weekend. Play something that you love. Play what you love. Love what you play. And I'm gonna talk to you all real soon. Steel, get us out of here. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, again, thank you for tuning in today to live in split screen episode seven. Y'all have a fantastic rest of you. Stay safe. May the gods walk with you all. And other than that, we'll see y'all next week on episode 68 of this Split Screen Morning Show. I'll stay safe. Much love.